He was America's golden boy, the one who could have been, but never was, and really didn't want to. Oliver Stone brings to the screen the tragedy that shocked the nation. JFK Jr., starring Will Smith. Yo, JFK Jr., 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 yo. JFK Jr., yo. JFK Jr., yo. JFK Jr., yo. JFK Jr., also starring Joe Pesci. He was an enigma. He was like a, a, a sausage wrapped in a, in a cockpit. All right. Whatever the f*** it was. Hey, we're all thinking, Will you fuck me? Will Smith stars as JFK Jr. You'll watch it. Augering into a theater near you. The one with the lights on. You know, so you can see better. I'll tell you one thing, if uh, he walked in the door right now, and you know, the ghost of JFK Jr. walked in the door right now and tried to shake my hand, I would do just like that guy did with Cardinal Law on uh, whatever the hell it was Friday. By the way, he's still giving more depositions today, the Cardinal. But anyway, the guy refused to shake his hand. He stuck it out and he refused to shake it. That's a good message for all you kids out there. If the priest sticks it out, don't shake it. The uh, message of our show today is... Pat Alberry's got a huge pair! He stunk! But anyway, the message... <laughs> I guess he would know. He's always been sniffing around. The message of today's show is uh, people with a big pair. Like those maple leaves, baby. Oh! Yeah, I already got two hockey faxes. How do you like that? We'll get to that. Well, this town, and after being psychotic Friday with that non-call, that grotesque non-call on the dirty hit from behind by Daniel Alfredson on Darcy Tucker, which it was, hit from behind, two minutes, did they call it? No. And then the guy who did the uh, Alfredson, who does the penalty and doesn't get called, he waltzes in all alone on cover and scores the goal that wins the game. Nice going, boys. Rob Sh- Sh- Schick, I almost said it. Ooh. And Stevie Walkham. <laughs> they suck. But anyway, the Leafs are just bruised and bloodied and injured and all... Uh, like a minor league team, half of the team is from St. John's, man. And they still kicked ass last night right there in Ottawa. So last night about 10.15, all over this city, the horns were honking. There were honkies all over the place just uh, going nuts. You'd have thought they already won the cup. At any rate, I know George is excited about that. Let's do a hockey show. Uh-huh. All right. Not, I'll call Rimmer not, right now. Yeah, right. Call Rimmer and tell him they stunk. 1,283 votes on our survey. Well, they're not really votes. Well, it's more than that now. But, see, I don't have time to diddle with that when they put these last-minute things on there. Which are you, we asked. Because, naturally, now, who was it that faxed us that 800-page thing that you faxed me on Friday? I Some forgot. putts. Yeah. Some putts. About all these different studies. How, how can you study something when everybody's in a closet most people lie about it anyway? So, just as kind of an out on this pool, I, uh, you know, gave a couple of gag choices there, which went over very well. They like gagging it. Which are you exclusively heterosexual? 790, which came out to 61.6%. Just horny. Just horny. 282. 22%. Exclusively homosexual. 85. 6.6%. Desperate. 66. Desperate and honest. 5.1%. And bisexual. 64.6%. Now some people would say, well that doesn't mean anything because you put the, uh, that's the idea. See? That gives everybody an out. We don't know and we don't care. But it was kind of fun. We had a lot of people uh, log in on that, which was a lovely thing. So here's a couple of quick faxes here about my maple leaves. As we continue, tomorrow night, man. Now, tomorrow's going to be real dilemma. You know why? Why? Oh, Smallville. tomorrow's game seven of that series. And also tomorrow's Tuesday night, Smallville. So being the emotional coward that I am, I've already... If Pete Lenny has sent me another goddamn... F- oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, 
Petey Lenny, go away, okay? Petey Lenny, don't, don't ever give the uh, salespeople this fax number again, okay? This man is is, is like a gigantic tumor on my brain, Petey Lenny. Too go late. away, Petey. Go uh, go to the airport with Dion Warwick. Get lost. Get out of my face. Go have a date with Mo Howard's wig. Just get out of here. Anyway, here's two faxes. Neil, what a game. Absolute heart and grit. That's what we saw on the ice last night. This team is like an old truck driving down the road, misfiring and parts coming off, but just keeps running. There's a Game 7, baby. See you Tuesday night on the CBC. Go Leafs, go. Absolutely correct, sir. That's Aaron, man. Oh. For Gary Roberts and Alan McCauley and all those other glam. Yeah, so tomorrow I've got the, the, of course, it's very easy for me, being emotionally like I started to say crippled. I'm, what I'll do is I'll tape the game, have it on in the living room, and then I go in my bedroom and close the door so I can't hear it, and I'll watch Smallville. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good idea. So that, so that way there's no stress. And then I come back out and hope for the best. No, I'm, I'm a basket case. I can't handle all the pressure. Another Game 7, two straight series with a Game 7. By the way, the real story, according to the Toronto Sun, about why Chuck Fletcher got canned as the GM of the Panthers, the real story, which evidently down there they don't have, and even if they did, Geldy probably wouldn't do it because he's sucking around the organization because he wants uh, Jiggs McDonald's job. But anyway, the real story is, according to the Sun, that uh, they offered Chuck, they, they made him an offer he could refuse. They offered Chuck Fletcher 400 grand to stay on as permanent GM, and he said, no, that's not enough money. And they said, oh, okay, well, have a good life. And Rick Dudley, who was waiting in the wings, Mike Keenan's old buddy, they said, hey, come on in, Rick. He'll work cheap. And, of course, based on what he accomplished as caretaker in Ottawa for two years, and is like uh, Tampa, like uh, they wanted him out in Tampa. So I don't want to, like, predict any bad things, but the organization, once again, is short uh, selling uh, you short shrift, however that goes. Here's another hockey fax. How do you like that to get started, to blow the whole audience off? That's okay. I don't care. It's that time of the year. Oh, and speaking of sports, by the way, what a joke. Now, I already asked George before the show, but you know, George, sometimes he lies a lot because he's a troublemaker. So I'll ask Miguel, did it rain there yesterday? A little bit. Well, now, what, what kind of an answer is that? For like five minutes, it rained in my house. Oh, in other words, it wasn't one of those gray, nasty, rainy days. It was hot. Yeah, it was very hot. Very hot, very sunny. A beautiful day to be at the old ballpark. The South Florida baseball team, which they keep talking about, pop, 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 on this radio station like like somebody cares. When Every year I have to go through the same thing because it frosts my ass. Talk about beating a dead horse. Nobody cares. For the Dodgers, big three-game series with those big pitching matchups. They had 12,953 on Friday, a big 19,767 on Saturday, oh! second biggest crowd of the season. And yesterday, the first-place South Florida baseball team, first place, they wound up winning in a smashing victory yesterday, 11-3, 6 out of 71. Now, what, what do you think the attendance was? Have you looked? <laughs> Have I looked? No, I'm talking to Miguel. He's a big baseball. His father loves the South Florida baseball. Nine. I didn't catch the crowd, no. You didn't catch it. You could have caught it in a butterfly net. 7,930 people. It was Mother's Day. Oh, that's right. It was Mother's Day. Now, Montreal, of course, was the lowest in the majors, but they had the Canadians were playing or supposed to play against Carolina, but they failed to show up after uh, after their coach blew that game the other night. But at any rate, Montreal 55-28, the South Florida baseball team 79-30, and even the West Florida, the Devil Rays, the Tampa Devil Rays, 10,264. So the South Florida baseball team continues to have the second-worst attendance all in the major leagues. A disgrace. A non-viable franchise. Pop, 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 pop. They're young. They're exciting. They're in first place. Nobody cares. Bulletin, nobody cares. 
Here's another fact that says, even with a bad knee, Stevie Eisenman's better than most players, and you are... Absolutely correct, sir. Although I must say this in all defense of Stevie, like BM once told me, good old Brian Murray, at that dinner that I bought for him and Rimmer, like uh, old BM once said to me, it's too bad that Stevie's too small to ever be a great player. Nice going there, BM. <laughs> Man, are you a jackass? Is he an asshole or what? Huh? No! Oh, that's right, he's a genius, I forgot. All the Murrays are geniuses, and, and Bowtie, too. Anyway, it goes on to say it's BS. They say he intentionally hurt Chris Pronger. Did you notice that uh, with all the black people in Detroit, there wasn't one on the stands? That's correct. Nine players over 35 years old are still kicking ass. Go Leafs, go. We got them now. There you go. Two hockey fans to get us started already today. Oh! It's, it's about time. It's about time is what I would say. I think they're still honking the horns out here. They're, they're just going nuts, and rightfully so. Big balls. That's what I'm talking about today, like the Maple Leafs have got. Big ball. What the, what was that? Horns honking and crap. Are you starting with your honky crap again? Oh, and today I'm going to give the audience the poll question they've been waiting for. I said I wasn't going to do this, but I also said I wasn't going to take any calls, and I did do it a week ago Friday. And, uh, you know, was it was, uh, what did it amount to? Pee hole in the snow, you know? Didn't amount to too much. But I'm going to give them the opportunity that they've been waiting for. And not that I'm going to necessarily pay attention to the response, but I might. You never know. That's Always keep them dangling out there. Keep them on the uh, hook. Keep them twisting in the wind. Here's our poll question. You ready, Eric? No. Come on, put down a goddamn uh, Reuben sandwich. Now, a lot of people would say it's only uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. Who the hell's eating a Reuben sandwich at this time in the morning? The answer is Eric. What do you dislike most about Neil's show? Don't you think that's a scintillating poll? Wow. And wait till you're all the choices I've got. What do you dislike most? Oh, and I forgot to put George in there. <laughs> well, He's got enough problems, okay? That should be the first Although I guess choice. his problems are over now that he and Greg bonded last Thursday. They had a wonderful, they kissed and made up. They, they did high fives. They did the fist routine. I don't want to tell you where they put each other's fist, but it was exciting. It was emotional is what I'm hearing. What do you dislike most about Neil's show? No phone calls. Too much reading. Don't like the tone. Nothing. What, it's fine. What does that mean? The tone. Wait, when you shut up, see, I'm going to put you on here if you don't stop. I've got a whole long list here. Let me go back to the start again. Poor Eric. He's trying to get these. Enjoyed. Bap, bap, bap. You're getting, starting to get just like J.D., John Davidson. Hey, by the way, J.D., who says that it was illegal hit by Alfredson Friday night, you're full of crap, J.D. You're a good guy, and uh, I like you, but you talk way too much, and you're full of crap. Other than that, I'm going to make you go on a, make you elope with Al Strachan. What an asshole. Anyway, what do you dislike most about Neil's show? No phone calls. Too much reading. Don't like the tone. Tone in capital letters, by the way. Nothing. It's fine. Nothing. I like it better than ever. Too many uh, priest stories. Too many comedy bits or not enough comedy bits. There's two, four, six, eight great choices there. Boy, do I do good poll or what? I'll tell you. Even on the worst days on this show, and there have been a few, but I do a poll like nobody has ever done a poll. In fact, I keep running around downtown saying, boy, do I do good poll, and they all run. They scatter. Nice going, Mark Hall, by the way. Oh! Speaking of downtown Toronto, Saturday, all the queens had a big uh, festive thing out there on the corner of Church and Wellesley, right in the heart of Toronto's gay district, which covers about 3 million people. But nevertheless, for Mark Hall, the kid that I've been telling you all those stories about, we'll get to that. There's another kid with big balls, a big pair, blue hair and a big pair. Kind of like South Florida. <laughs> in fact, maybe Mark's getting ready for South Florida. If you have blue hair when you're that age, you, you can be ready for Cemetery Village in no time. He can move into Boca with some folks we know. Twelve minutes after nine at 560 WQM on a great Monday. It's drizzling. It's kind of cloudy and murky here. And you know what? No complaints. How would you like to have a big one? A big, impressive, worthwhile paycheck. 
Well, everybody in their right mind wants to earn some serious cash. If you do, then call Fast Train because they can help you achieve that new career in just four short months. That's right. You can double the size of that paycheck of yours by becoming a computer professional, and you can do all of these things before the summer's over. Fast Train offers Microsoft certified instructors, no payments for a full year, job placement assistance, day and evening classes before convenient locations in Dade Broward, including the new Kendall campus. There's no excuse. So call Fast Train at 866-FAST-TRAIN now or check out Fast Train on the web at FastTrain.com. They can have you certified and ready, like I said only moments ago, for a great new career, a money-making career in as little as four months. So call them today because nobody in their right mind should have to settle for a small, puny, embarrassing one a small paycheck. Call Fast Train toll-free right now while you're thinking about it. They'll be happy to answer all your questions with absolutely no obligation. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And don't forget, all Fast Train locations are licensed by the State Commission. And Rocky, tonight from Coors Field in Colorado. Coverage starts at 8.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Go to hell. It's all over, baby, for all you swing kids. As Prof says that Hanson's a seer. It's the rule of law, baby. Stop, you can't stop. do the twist. Stop, it's stop. the rule of law, baby. Stop, you can't stop. do the twist. Stop, because stop. God has what says.560 WQAM. By the way, you're welcome, all my good friends at the Miami Herald, the ones who pretend they hate me like poison but listen religiously every day like they're listening right now. You're welcome for that story about Al Goldstein. Saturday's Herald, no less. Saturday, which was a day after it was like in all the New York papers, of course. Although, I, I, for example, let me give you an example. You know the uh, Schwarzer uh, songwriter, what that was his name, Otis uh, Blackwell? Blackwell, yes. Yeah. His obituary is in the, was in the Herald this weekend. Now we talked about it last the uh, middle of last week, didn't we? Yes, we did. Well, I mean, you people at the Herald, I think basically to cut cost over there, what they've pretty much done is they've just uh, they've canceled the news wires, and what they do is they just uh, go online and steal stuff out, off of the newspapers. And they don't have much of a staff left, so it takes them a few days to get to it. Anyway, although they do have the big story about the uh, Kevin Baxter, there's the one guy at the Herald. Even though I'm never speaking to him again, Kevin Baxter's got this story about magic is up uh, changing their uh, playlist. Oh! Finally, after all these years, it's about time, Bob Hamilton. They even named a city in Ontario after that guy, such a schmuck. Bob Hamilton, what up, putz? 
And also, speaking of Kid Curry, don't let me forget about that, about Mike Disney picking on Kid Curry. Okay. The story that I, that I told you before the show. I got so much crap, man. Yeah, what kind of a guy who's like uh, 60 years old calls himself Kid? That's my opinion. I'm Mike Disney. Yeah, well, bug off. They're just ripping him an ass over there on PYM, on Party Radio, in between Derude and Safri Duo. They're ripping him an ass, a big, fat, old, pimply ass. And I thought Anna Squee had the big ass. Poor kid scurvy, man. That guy's got serious problems now over there at Power. They're taking away all his audience. They're ripping him an ass. And they're also running promos, speaking of people stealing stuff from me, running promos about the fact that Kid Curry was offered all the music that uh, the PYM is playing now with their big numbers, and he turned it down in the last year and a half. And you know what? That allegation is... Absolutely correct, sir. That's right. That is correct. Wasn't good enough for power, and now they're playing the music, kicking his ass with it. So anyway, getting back to uh, the story on Saturday's Herald, porn mogul falls ill in court. This is this is uh, shameful. And you know, the only reason they even uh, bothered checking the Daily News was because of the fact I talked about it here on the air. We talked about it at length. Remember both the story from the Daily News and the Post? Unrepentant smut sultan. Does that sound familiar? Al Goldstein was rushed to a hospital with chest pains after a judge sentenced him to 60 days in jail for harassing a former secretary with X-rated phone calls and letters. The New York Daily News report says there, and it goes on to report the rest of the story verbatim from the Daily News. Boy, are you people kidding anybody or what? No. No, you're not. Well, I guess a few dumb people that keep wasting their money on your paper. I do it only because I have to do this show. Although now that I get it online, I might have to cancel when I get back. Dionne Warwick, as I'm sure you already know, and of course, if she's a psychic, how come Miss Cleo gets in all that hot water and Dionne Warwick never got thrown in the slam or whatever else, huh? How come nobody said faker, faker, liar, liar? Good if question. she's a psychic, she should have known that they were going to find them joints. Dionne Warwick arrested for a marijuana possession in Miami. Singer and psychic friend Dionne Warwick was arrested early yesterday morning when she tried to get through security at MIA with 11 marijuana cigarettes stuffed inside a silver lipstick container, Dade County Police said. Eleven joints in a lipstick. I guess I guess that's conceivable, huh? Must be a pretty big lipstick container. Or maybe they were like very small joints. Maybe like a pin joint, like Clarence Thomas likes to smoke. Warwick, 61, who has homes in Brazil and New Jersey, was headed to L.A. on American Airlines Flight 906. But Mr. Plane, police said, I can't imagine why, baggage screeners at Concourse D of the airport called police when they saw a suspicious item inside her carry-on bag, police said. She was charged with possession of marijuana totaling less than five grams and released after she signed an affidavit promising to appear in court, police said. Her sister, Dee Dee Warwick, who answered the phones at the family's New Jersey home yesterday afternoon, said she was shocked by the news. I'm sure Dion doesn't use drugs. She does not use drugs. I don't understand how this occurred. I think someone put that on her. It wasn't true. She said, yeah, they planted them. Don't you think that's a, a viable story? They planted the joints in her lipstick case? Makes sense to me. Maybe somebody packs her bags for her. I think she's been packing it. Warwick has won five Grammys, the first in 1968 for Do You Know the Way to San Jose, where they have really good weed. She holds a doctorate and master degrees from Hart, uh, Hart College of Music in Hartford. Big deal. She's also well known for being singer Whitney Houston's cousin. Did you know that? Yes, I did. I never, I never knew that. Well, do you see the connection now, the drug connection between Whitney Houston and Dionne Warwick? you see that? Like uh, birds of a feather. Smoke together. In fact, she probably got the stuff from George, if you ask me. It was on a Sunday. It was on a weekend. He ain't doing much. No appearances this weekend. She got the weed from George. Anyway, Whitney and pitch woman for now defunct Psychic Friends Network. Did they ever, uh, I don't recall them ever giving her any grief because of the fact that she's a fake. She's not any psychic. I don't know if she claimed to be. 
or, or any other schmucks that she had on there, and those other damn broads she had on there. They were about as psychic as my little dog. In fact, I'll guarantee, and you know this for a fact, I'm a hell of a lot more psychic than any of them. Oh, yeah. You should start your own line. Now, what's happening with your mic there that just cut out? I don't know. Are you having a problem with that switch again? Oh, and by the way, I just mentioned in case there's any program director in the building, but I doubt it, or in case any engineers are in the building, but I doubt it, that um, I'm still waiting on this new fax machine up here. It's only three months later. I just mentioned that in passing because since I'm spending my own money for supplies, which I have no problem with doing, but I hate to go out and buy like a bunch of toner and uh, stuff for this machine if it's going to be gone, but I, I guess I'm stuck with it. What a... What a place. In 1985, she had a brief comeback with That's What Friends Are For, sung with Elton John, Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight, which raised millions of dollars for AIDS research. Warwick is considered the first black female pop and soul singer to achieve international stardom. In other words, she was before Urethra. Oh, yeah, all those uh, Burt Bacharach tunes. That was before Urethra, are you sure? I'm going to have to look it up in the book. Look it up, but I think so, yeah. She was also the first black female performer to appear before the Queen of England in a Royal Command performance. How do you like that? She likes them queens. Oh, God, reaching over for this big, heavy book. You have no idea. Now, who am I looking for? Urethra Franklin. And, uh, of course, it says international. So no matter what I find in here, they're going to give me cramp. Aretha Franklin's first big hit was um, Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You, 67. Although she had Rockabye Your Baby with the Dixie Melody uh, that she stole from Al Jolson in 61. Now, do you think Dionne Warwick goes back that far? Yes. You do? I do. I think you're full of it myself. Of course, I thought that before you said that. Let's see. Don't make me over 63. Say yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Urethra was still, like, fairly obscure until about 67. Like I just said, she was the first, Dion. First international whatever. Bush Gardens lion maims worker. Did you see this grotesque story? Yes. The Tampa Tribune reports it this way, much better than the story that was in the Yokel papers. A 350-pound African lion ripped off the arm of a Bush Garden zookeeper yesterday while she was giving her family a private tour. Oh, uh, yeah. That makes it, I mean, I'm not going to say it makes it worse, but you know what? <clears throat> See, I'm getting choked up about it. It makes it worse. Yeah, it does. For the family right there? Disgusting. The amusement park wouldn't release the name of the 21-year-old zookeeper who was giving her parents her boyfriend. Oh, and her and his parents a Mother's Day tour of the oh. Lions Night Quarters near the Edge of Africa attraction. The 1.45 p.m. accident didn't take place in front of guests. Officials still investigating say the zookeeper might have placed her hand between the metal bars of the cage, possibly to feed the animal. Her right arm was severed near the elbow. The woman was taken to a Tampa General Hospital in serious condition. Her severed arm was also taken to the hospital. Bush Garden said the lion, a 12-year-old named Max, would not be euthanized. Max has been a Bush since 1997. Bush owns one other line, a female. So we're going to save Max, at least, which is good news. Isn't that good news? Okay, sure. Here, kitty, kitty, come Probably on. Probably wasn't his fault. Isn't that, isn't that disgusting? Yeah. She takes her family, her boyfriend, his family, her uh, p- future in-laws. Hey, look what I can do. Yeah. And she said, for Christ's sakes, I only have one arm. See, that's bad, George. 927 at 560 WQM, the weather's starting to get so hot you could fry eggs on the sidewalk on your kneecaps. Summer storms and the possibility of hurricanes soon follows this kind of weather, you know. Get yourself prepared for a major storm and discover what thousands of people have done to protect their homes. Call All Weather Systems. All Weather Systems has been in business for over 15 years. They're a state-licensed FEMA project impact contractor. 
All-weather systems carries the new state-of-the-art shutterless impact-resistant windows and French doors. No unsightly or ugly shutters to ruin the look of your home and the convenience of not having to put up heavy plywood or storm panels. All-weather systems offers you 100% unsecured bank financing with no payments for 90 days and payments as low as just 69 bucks a month. Their impact-resistant windows and French doors have insulated glass, which saves you on energy, reduces outside noises, and the non-breakable glass helps keep out criminals and burglars, too. All-Weather Systems also manufactures a full line of accordion-style shutters, electric roll-ups, and hurricane panels as well. So give All-Weather Systems a call today and save yourself the headache of putting up shutters, protect your family from storms and crime, and keep your house looking really beautiful and energy-efficient at the same time. Call All-Weather Systems toll-free. It's 1-800-728-5126. That's 1-800-728-5126. They provide home protection of the highest quality with service reliability and professionalism comparable to none. Call them today and be sure and tell them that Neil told you to call All-Weather Systems, 1-800-728-5126. Mean it. We the Congress, in order to form a more right-wing union, establish more roles and cut funding for public TV, provide more money for our defense. Abolish pro-choice and welfare and and show the blessings of liberty to ourselves and all those who agree to ordain and demolish all those left-wing liberals from the United States of America. Lick me, Newt. Yeah, speaking of Newt, he just got divorced from his second wife. Nice going, Newt. Oh! He's doing it. Remember the first wife, of course, who was dying from cancer in the hospital, and he went. They took the divorce papers there for her to sign. I remember. Yeah, a lovely guy. Gay prom battle ends with a waltz. See, I talked about big balls. Here's a kid, 17-year-old kid, who's not only out of the closet and got the balls for that, but I guess it's not that unusual, especially here in Canada, eh? which is much more like light years more progressive than the U.S. of A., which still is still living in a stone age with people like John Ashcroft, etc. But nevertheless. It still takes big balls to, like, take on a Catholic church as if they don't have enough problems of their own. They danced the night away. Mark called the shy, blue-coiffed 17-year-old Oshawa student who wouldn't take no for an answer when told he couldn't take his boyfriend to his high school prom, won a major court victory for Catholic students on Friday. In a comprehensive and clear decision granting Hall's request for an injunction, Mr. Justice Robert McKinnon of the Superior Court of Justice said a ban on same-sex dates at the prom was a clear violation of Hall's constitutional rights and ordered the Durham Catholic District School Board to allow Hall and Jean-Paul Dumont, 21, to attend the dance, which they did, by the way, and had a wonderful time, a lovely time. School Board Chair Mary Ann Martin said while the board was extremely disappointed with the ruling, Hall and his date would be allowed to attend the prom if they wish, and like I said, they did, and had a lovely time. While Hall's legal team said the ruling would set a precedent for gay and lesbian rights in the education system, Martin disagreed, saying the ruling applied only to the prom. Can't have no fags in the church. <laughs> it's okay to have a bunch of child molesting priests. That's okay. But we certainly, and, and part of the whole argument here, this is the best. I don't know if it's in this story or not, which I'm going to go through, but nevertheless, one of the representatives for the Catholic school board said, that uh, going to the prom was like an act of romance, and therefore an act of romance was like uh, close to an act of sex. <gasps> you following all of these things? Yeah. 
And, of course, if the heterosexuals are going to the prom, I guess that's an act of romance, which also could be an act of sex. And since they weren't intended to make no babies, that would also be a mortal sin, would it not, I would think? Uh-huh. Yeah, last Uh-oh. time I checked with the, the father. The board will continue to apply the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church to school-sponsored activities, she said. Both the board and Hall's lawyers say they're ready to continue with the full trial down the issue and take it all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada if necessary. Oh! Nice going there, Mark. Like I said, a big pair. But for Hall and his date last night was a time to celebrate as they rode in a long black stretch limo to the prom. This was Saturday. Hall in a white tuxedo and blue tie, like I said, it was Friday, said he was very happy and so excited that we won. When he first heard the news from his lawyer at home in Oshawa, he said, I was jumping up and down and everybody was shouting. I feel at ease now knowing that we're free of discrimination, said the grade 12 student, Monsignor John Parema Catholic High School. And it goes on and on at great length. But the good news is we won. We, all people, not just gay people, not just Mark Hall and his boyfriend, John Paul, whatever his name is, but uh, everybody. All progressive, open-minded people who want to take on the bigots and the hypocrites, like the Catholic Church, for example. How's the poll coming, by the way? Here's your big chance today. Here's your golden opportunity. Don't You may never get this again, although probably you will, but not for a long time. Didn't I say I wasn't going to do this? I said that, but I lied. Just like I said, I wasn't going to take phone calls, and I did that one day. And the more I think about it, the less I uh, feel that was a good idea. I remember that very first call that day. Do you recall the guy who was saying that because I'm not there, I'm not in touch because everybody was so upset about the murder of the angel girl and so on? Right. I remember. Uh, see, if, if I was there, just like during Alien, I wouldn't have said anything any different than my being here. I'm very familiar with the story. I read the story. We talked about it on the year, and my feelings wouldn't have been any different. People are getting murdered and butchered all the time. And to pick and choose, like one from column A and column B, that the community is all bent out of shape about, that's unacceptable to me. It's, it's, it's ridiculous on the face of it. As if somehow one life is worth more than somebody else's life. And I'm not talking about scumbags and murderers who get killed or gang, you know, mobsters. That's not what I'm referring to. But nevertheless, so my, my comment wouldn't have been any different word no matter where I'm sitting. See, that's what I'm talking about. Big balls, baby. A big pair. Just tell it like it is and let the chips fall where they may. Right on Moe's uh, bald spot. How's he doing, by the way? Don't hear him mention anybody's name. Not even, not just my name, anybody's name. Oh, boy. Anyway, here's the poll. Here's the poll so far. I'm, I'm just asking out loud. Don't say anything. 59 votes on there already. What do you dislike most about Neil's show? See, and I could ask, what do you like the most, you know, and have you sucky, 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 which isn't the purpose of the poll. Let's be honest. Let's lay it right out there on a goddamn table, okay? I can handle it. An old fag like me with a big pair of balls, I can handle the truth, unlike uh, goddamn Tom Cruise. And you know something? Tom Cruise can't handle the truth. It's interesting that it's interesting that Jack Nicholson told him that line in that movie. You know what? When you stop and think about it? I thought about it. Yeah, he can't handle the truth. At least his career can't handle the truth because it's not good for business. How about that Spider-Man, by the way? Oh! Yeah, we'll get to that. Now, do you really expect me to read this story about uh, Rick Sanchez? I guess they want me to. Oh, it's just because it was from Tom Jacka. Oh, it's for... Oh, I didn't see that yet. I hadn't uh, looked that far. From Tom Jicka. Man, is he an asshole yes. or what? Sanchez hits stride at MSNBC. Oh, little Tommy. Man, oh, man. And, and we have nothing against Rick Sanchez. We, you know, poke a lot of fun at him. And, of course, a lot of people in South Florida hate him like poison. And they still they still hold that dead guy against him. You know what? What's wrong with them? He's still dead. Here's a couple of more faxes. Excellent. One that says, I'm glad you... Now, is these from the same... Uh, I'm not really sure. No. 
Here's one that says, I'm glad he brought up the comments that J.D. made regarding the Alfredson hit on Tucker. I'm sure J.D.'s panties would have been in a knot if his girlfriend, Theo Fleury, or Pavel had been hit in the same manner. You're absolutely correct, sir. I talked to J.D. on the phone yesterday, thanks to Rimmer. On and on and on. Rimmer's phone rang 17 times during the conversation, by the way, and J.D. and I were both aghast. I mean, J.D.'s a good guy, but it's just that he talks way too much and he's full of crap. And I told him that. I said, Sam Rosen is going to jump out of the booth one of these nights if he don't shut up. It says it's clear to everyone in the league that there exist two sets of rules, those for superstars and those for the muckers. And there's no question, mucker rhymes with Darcy Tucker and other things. Darcy's a hard-nosed guy, and yeah, he did the Pekka hit and the one on uh, Gonchar and a couple of others this season. But the fact is, rules are rules. And in the late stages of a, a vital playoff game, just to look the other way, because you see it's number 16 laying there with a broken bone in his shoulder and unable to get back into play and let play go right on. Unacceptable. A hit from behind. And I don't care how much JD gives me a song and a dance. It was a hit from behind, which the league is trying desperately to crack down on. We got screwed. But you know something? Unlike all the people who say we're a bunch of whiners, we just continue going out there and grinding away. Right, Gary Roberts? Oh! Nice going, Gary. Who just turned 150 years old and he's still kicking ass. Here's one that says your poll for today has a major flaw. <laughs> oh, let me save this for after the break. You read it, I guess, huh? Sure. It's great. Well, how come you're taking so much crap? Oh, by the way, when I'm on vacation next week, Joe and George are going to be doing the show together to take to take the pressure off, you know. Don't you think that's a great idea? It's a wonderful idea. You don't like it? I think you and I Joe like are fine. good together. We were great together. And then if it turns out great, you can split the credit. And if it turns out crappy, then you can blame Joe. <laughs> but then, of course, I don't think it's going to work who... that way. Right? No. It'll be great. 20 till 10 at 5. It will be great. Going to be in the 70s in Amsterdam. Oh, oh man. I can't begin to tell you how excited I am about that. Going to be sunny and 70 degrees? Mmm. Can't wait. Hey, are you ready to get in shape for the summer, which is already here, quite frankly, like the Beast? The Beast has lost close to 30 pounds already, which uh, in most cases would be a lot, but in his case it's a good start. But it's still a lot in about seven weeks, whatever it's been. And you can do the same with the great, new, convenient, affordable weight loss, eat healthy gourmet meal delivery service. What a mouthful that is. Balance for life, that's what it's called. If you're too busy to eat the right foods, if you've failed at all the other quack diets, if you've tried Atkins and Skatkins and Stillman and this one and that one and Jenny Craig and you're failing, well, the answer is balance for life because it really works. Because you don't have to make any choices other than the they let you choose between two alternatives for each meal every day that you're on a program. You have a little sheet you fill out and pick whatever you want. But other than that, those are the only choices you make. You don't have to go to the supermarket and buy and count calories or carbs or any other thing that's complicated because even as complicated as zone-based nutrition is, the good deal is that the people at Balance for Life do all the uh, figuring for you. So they deliver right to your door every morning by 6 and a.m. a little black sack. And, man, life is sweet when you got your little black sack. That's what Stevie Wonder said. That's his favorite is his little black sack. And we said, Stevie, how do you know it's black? And he said, well, that's what they tell me. Anyway, they deliver right to your door three hormonally balanced gourmet meals, two delicious snacks, even a 60-ounce bottled water right to your doorstep, and everything is right in there. Plenty to keep you full all day long, and the weight just melts off your body. So if you're tired of being a big, fat slob, if you can't put a bathing suit on and you're terrified to go to the beach, get with the real controlled and proven weight loss, eat healthy lifestyle. Get in shape for summer starting right now by calling Balance for Life. In no time at all, you look, I guarantee, even better than the beast. It's guaranteed. Call 954-568-3229. 954-568-3229 or check out their website at www. Why am I saying that again? Like I said, check out their website. From Mark Light Stadium, coverage gets underway at 7 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Beware of exploding balls.
you stare so long at something that's a bit further south. And it's not my face where both your eyes go looking. Right under my clothes is my biggest. Nine forty six at five sixty WQM. Got one hundred and one votes on the poll. What do you dislike most about Neil's show? Nothing. It's fine. Twenty five. Don't like the tone. <laughs> Got to hand it to the uh, crank people out there. They always pick a good one. You know what? They're picking it right now. Just so all please. of a sudden, too. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Just changed. Nothing. It's fine. Twenty seven. Don't like the tone. Twenty four. Well, they got to have something to uh, hang their hat on. Hang your hat on this. Nothing. I like it better than ever. Nineteen. No phone calls. Eighteen. That's like uh, 16.6%. Guess what? We'll see how this works out. Too many pre-stories, seven. Too much reading, seven. Not enough comedy bits, five. And too many comedy bits, only one. Too many comedy bits? Hey, listen, I put them on there. You vote for whatever you really think, and then it cranks too, okay, with a tone. They don't like the tone. You know what we ought to do every morning when we start the show? What do they call those uh, little harmonicas? No, it's not a real harmonica. You know what I'm talking about? Like a kazoo? No, no. Where you like uh, where they when somebody sings, like uh, they're going to get the pitch right, you know, the tone. Oh, like a vocoder, like a sampler. They don't call it a sampler. Oh, oh, to get the key, that little just right. one note harmonica. I don't know what that's right. called. Well, somebody will fax us in, okay? Six five zero zero one nine eight. It's three zero five six five zero zero one nine eight. Fax us because we're not taking no calls, okay? We're not taking any calls today. Maybe you know when you least expect it, we'll take some here and there, but. Uh, Anyway, getting back to this fax, which I'm sure you enjoyed tremendously. I'm still laughing. Your, uh, the faxes today are great. Oh! Boy, we finally turned the corner, which is a miracle, because I was telling Miguel before the show, and this is the truth, after Easter and Passover, and you've heard me say this for years, but it bears saying again, since it is the uh, 13th of May, er, every year in South Florida, unfortunately, it's still a Bush League seasonal town. I mean, whoever heard of a city would like, or at least a tri-county area with four or five million people, whatever it is, by the way, did you know Toronto is the number four market in all of North America right after Chicago? No idea. Five million people. But at any rate, after Eastern Passover, half of South Florida bails out. Not half, but what percentage would you say? Like 30%, 40%? At least a good 30%. A solid At 30. least. A lot of people just bail out of there. And I was pointing out to George that on the domain report on our website, uh, the number of hits on a website every day from Canada is staggering, which means... It's not because I'm doing a show here in Toronto, because there ain't nobody listening in, on the radio in Toronto or anywhere else in Canada, but they're listening on a website, which means they're people who are like snowbirds who are down there during the wintertime and love the show, and they're listening. So a special hello to them. Oh! Go Leafs, go, eh? Oh! And Ottawa sucks. Oh, sorry for all our friends in Ottawa, which I'm sure we don't have any. <laughs> to them, okay? Screw them. Make me sick to my stomach. 
and they're talking about whiners. This is a this is a franchise that had to go to the government for money because they can't uh, draw enough fans to fill the place most of the time, except the front-running phonies that they get during the playoffs, like in Carolina. Oh, my God, nothing could be finer than get rid of Carolina. And the Canadians, after blowing that game the other night, fold up like an accordion there yesterday. Just might as well not have even shown up. Poor Josie Theodore. And he still looks good. Anyway, here's this fax. How come I'm so damn wound up today, you know? I don't know. I don't Coffee? know what it is. I don't know what the hell it is. Your poll has a major flaw today, says this fax. George's favorite fax of all time. It says, I love your show with calls, without calls, more bits, less bits, more reading, less reading. I couldn't give a crap. It's all good. I listen every day and have been for many years until, I love this fax, until Mumble Boy. How could you not include him on your poll? When that pothead, mumbling, ass-eating, Jew-hating, Arab-loving spick is trying to imitate you and failing miserably, I simply turn to another station. You have to include that butt-muncher. But let me just say this to you. Don't forget it's going to be Joe and George when I'm on vacation next week. So don't be don't be hurting Joe and me also because this next thing, it says you probably won't see this fax because he won't forward it. So if you're reading this, George, uh, F you. Hey, F you, George. Okay, I got it. A lot of people went to school at F you. It's up there in Gainesville. Also, now, is this Rack? Is that a name, Rack? That's what's on there. Rack in Miami. He says, I was happy to see a diary in my mailbox last week. It's been seven years since they last sent me one. It'll be interesting filling in the book when the spick is on. Thanks for letting me vent. Hey, don't be hurting me because the spick is on, okay? That's why we put Joe on there as a buffer because we know a lot of people don't like the spick. So don't be hurting Joe and Neil just because you see what I'm saying. You just keep listening and uh, do it in stereo. And just turn down the whichever speaker George is coming out of. If you can't stand him, just turn him down or off and listen to Joe. See the way that works out? <laughs> or you're getting really sensitive. What, what are you talking about? I think, I think pretty soon you and Mo are going to start bonding because you're both incredibly sensitive. Facts. What are you talking about, sensitive? Let me ask you: Do you think he's ever going to loosen up, or is he just going to he's going to have a, that bug up his ass for the rest of his life? Uh, that's right. You can't comment. Just when you made peace with Greg and everybody, and I'm trying to get you in trouble again, especially right on the heels of that hostile facts where he hates you like poison. Like I said, Rack or Rick or whatever your name is, uh, I love you and all the other stuff, but don't you know? Don't punish us. We got no, we got enough to uh, handicap to overcome as it is without you like picking on poor George in the uh, diaries. Okay, so listen religiously, which is what I always suggest. Being a religious guy that I am. Here's a fact from Johnny. How you doing, Johnny? It says I was listening to Matt Drudge's Sunday night show yesterday on 610 WIOD. Well, if you're listening to that, I don't have to ask how you're doing, Johnny. He was talking about Bill O'Reilly and what a hypocrite he is, and he's right about that. Anyway, a caller called up and brought up your name. He said something like. O'Reilly wouldn't stand a chance if he went on against you. Drudge laughed and said something like, I don't know what Neil would do with Bill O'Reilly. Probably have him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In other words, kick his ass is what he's trying to say. And Johnny says, I'm not sure if that was a homosexual reference or a fat reference. What do you think, Neil? Neither of the above, okay, because Matt Drudge is a fat whatever he is. Queen. My good buddy Matt Drudge, who I'm sure is listening right now. Nice going, Matt. And you're absolutely correct. Oh, that's right. We'll have a chance to kick his ass because he's on noon to two or noon to whatever he's on on the light bulb. You think he's going to give us any competition? No. No. He might take like a half a point from uh, from fat-ass Limbaugh. And all this crap about, oh, there's all these liberals in the media. Can you tell me, seriously, can you tell me any, like, prominent liberal talk show host that you know of? Oh, prominent? Yeah. I was going to say Randy. But then you said <sighs> prominent. Right. Anyway, look at look at all the uh, right-wing fascists. you got Ollie North. You got Gordon Liddy, you got Limbaugh, now you got Bill O'Reilly adding to the mix in there. Uh, who's the other one uh, from the? I mean, I mean, there's a zillion of these guys. Each of Alan Keys, there's another one. All right-wing, 
Bible-thumping, phony, baloney, hypocritical, uh, full of crap, egotistical asshole uh, lunatics, okay? All in bed with the re religious right. Oh, but the liberal media, right. There ain't no liberal media. I love this fact about the inebriated gentleman doing that one spot, but I guess if we want to keep that on the air, is that is that a, a trade-out, that spot, or they pay for that? I think they pay for that. They pay for it, so I'm not going to mention the uh, sponsor, but it says something about an inebriated gentleman doing a spot. <laughs> I guess everybody in the audience will know exactly what that is. Speaking of inebriated, what a segue. Sanchez hits stride at MSNBC, writes Tom Jicka in today's Sun Sentinel. Tom, are you a clown or what? <laughs> what a joke. I, I guess you, Tom, Tom don't like the tone of this show either, you know what? And he doesn't like the fact that I'm reading these newspaper and magazine articles. Except he'll like this one again because it's his article. See, it, it's okay. I have permission from a little Tommy to read on the air as long as he wrote it. Anything else, it's ponderous, it's boring. I should be carping about South Florida. Carp, carp on this. Go, uh, go out in the bay and see if you can catch one, Tom. He writes, Rick Sanchez isn't anticipating a Rookie of the Year award for his first season in the big leagues of TV news, but the brash former anchor of Channel 7 says he's no mighty Casey either, whiffing in his big opportunity. It was a year ago that Sanchez, an ardent baseball fan, announced he was leaving South Florida to take a job at MSNBC to see if he could at Major League Pitching. His first couple of swings on the national stage were a humbling experience. I struck out an awful lot, he acknowledges. His detractors who would relish seeing him fall on his face should, shouldn't be leaping to their feet with glee, however, Sanchez says. I'm hitting it pretty good lately, he said. He's hitting it. Just like that guy hit in front of the stadium. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's terrible. Did I really say that? You did. I better interrupt myself and do the break, because that, that's bad. But I do want to read all of Tom Jicka's column, because it's very important about one of our very, very favorite people, <laughs> Ricky Ticky Sanchez. And the guy hit in front of the stadium there under very dubious circumstances. The bad news is he's still dead. How do you like that, huh? As a matter of fact, I must confess to you over the weekend, I don't remember which day it was, I did see on MSNBC, there was fat-faced, pudgy uh, Ricky Ticky Sanchez. And guess what I did? Changed it? Change that real fast. Excellent choice. Change that channel real quick. Well, you know, I have my own pedajuices. He was our next-door neighbor for a long time. The most interesting thing about Rick Sanchez to me, beside the fact that guy he hit is still dead, is the fact that when you meet him in person, he's about three feet tall. Did you ever meet him when he came over to the station? He was sitting down that one time. Oh. That he was well, when he stands station. up, he, he comes up to your kneecap. He comes up to Matty Bell's ankle. That's how short Ricky Ticky is. So they must sit him on a whole bunch of phone boots like my good friend Bob Mayer at Channel 4. Nine fifty. Old Bob Mayer is a good guy. Nine fifty six at five sixty WQM. Here's another good guy, Tom Lehman, who loves me, loves the audience of this show. Everybody who listens to this show has got a special place in Tom Lehman's heart. That's why he's created the Big Neal Deal at Hallett. Save big dollars on all Pontiacs and GMCs in stock. Just mention you heard this commercial on the Neil Rogers show. Stop by Hallett Pontiac GMC, one thirty four zero one South Dixie Highway. That's on US one, right across from the falls, where every vehicle is marked with the lowest price. But if you mention my name, the Neil Rogers deal, you'll save even more. Check out the complete line of GMC SUVs, including the Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as the SUV of the year. Plus, while you're at Hallett, be sure and take a peek at the all-new Vibe SUV. It's got the power of a big, expensive sports car at a fraction of the price. Hallett's also got a big selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs you can depend on. And if you've been turned down for credit any place else, have no fear. Tom Lehman will take care of you. They'll cut your deal at Hallett. So get yourself a Neil Rogers deal at Hallett Pontiac GMC. And you'll find them again at 13401 South Dixie Highway on US 1 across from the falls. The same great location they've been doing people right for over 35 years. Open every day, seven days a week. You can call them at 305-238-4040. Don't forget, at Hallett Pontiac GMC, we... Germs feel the clean. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale.
You've seen him on Channel 7 News. First, as a two-bit reporter. Now, as a two-bit anchor that wears more makeup than Tammy Faye Baker and Mary Kay combined, Rick Sanchez sings. Hear the dulcet tones of the man who brought you Crime Check, Rick Sanchez. Rick Sanchez. Rick Sanchez sings. Don't miss Rick Sanchez in his pasty face tour over Hialeah. It's one show you won't want to miss steak for a good one. Rick Sanchez, he loves his audience. I accept you as a precious gift from God. Hey, George, this is Tom Checker. Would you just pass along to Neil and Mayo? But the reason I called was that I thought maybe you could help me out. I've been trying to get those goddamn ratings. Duff Lindsay's gone home sick. Josh Darris says he doesn't have the authority to give them to me. You know, call Greg Reed. I couldn't get him. So, you know, and then the, the last number they gave me was to call you. If somebody would get me the goddamn ratings, I'll, I'll pay the king his homage. Anyway, I'm only kidding, but uh, that, that is the problem, and I do want to do a story on him, and I'm just having trouble getting him. So I'll talk to you. Bye. Quit swearing on the air, Tom. God. And, you know, I didn't even notice my name is in this article about Rick Sanchez. Did you notice that? No, I did not. Oh, I get a mention in here. I'm really excited now. Thanks a lot, little Tommy. See, I'm getting to Tom Jicka. I'm getting a little Tommy. I don't care whether it's good or bad. Just keep putting the name in there. I need all the help I can get, Tom, especially when you work for Greg Reed, who lies a lot. Oh, yeah, we're doing billboards. We're doing that. I lied. I lied. What's new, Greg? He lied. Anyway, going on about Rick Sanchez, who says he's hitting it pretty good lately, and don't uh, count him out. He hits his stride. Little Tommy Jicker writes he's been tapped on several occasions to step to even a higher level, filling in for NBC news breaks. He did them during last summer's Wimbledon Tennis Championships, and he also was on call when President Bush choked and fainted. I got a lot of airtime then, Sanchez says. I got to debrief NBC correspondent David Gregory at the White House. Woo! His familiarity with this region also led Dateline NBC to assign him to interview one of the survivors of the anthrax mailings in Palm Beach. Several factors are responsible for the turnaround, not the least of which is overcoming rookie jitters. Anxious to make a good impression, he was initially over-preparing for interviews. I would write down 52 questions to ask, and I was so intent on asking him, I missed opportunities for obvious follow-ups. One thing I've developed is a real respect for Bill O'Reilly, people like Bill O'Reilly and Larry King, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. who have a knack for always asking the question of viewer would. Just watching how the Masters do it has helped him, Sanchez says. He's obviously elevated his game. He's a nominee for an Alma A Award, a precious national prize for Hispanics in media. How many Hispanics do you know in the media, George, besides Ana Squeak? Down here, 100. And you're forgetting Isabel de Casada. And he's in some pretty fast company. It says other nominees in his category are Soledad O'Brien. Oh, is she a lightweight or what? Uh, Meredith Vieira and Geraldo Rivera. September 11th also hastened his transformation to feeling like a real part of his new team. He was in makeup, preparing for his normal shift when the first plane hit. His instincts immediately took hold. I ran into the control room and said, send me there. I just got out of the car when I saw the first building crumbling down. He didn't leave Manhattan for five days. The first day I was on the air for 20 hours. It was a lot like Hurricane Andrew. You'd get a short cat nap here and then go back to work. He was really shocked when Sally Fitz showed up, turned around and said to him, Pick it up, Where, 
Perhaps the biggest boost Sanchez came from a most unlikely source. Curmudgeonly Don Imus has become fond of him and has made him an extended member of his program, which is simulcast on MSNBC. Curmudgeonly Don Imus, which is a very gentle way, Tommy, of saying a dead man in a chair. Can you imagine a radio talk show host who actually likes me, Sanchez says? A wry reference to the beating he took actually continues to take from Neil Rogers. Let's hear it for Tom Jicka. Oh! Who not only uh, has my name in there, but spelled it right. Now, what does that mean, a beating he took from me? What is that? You beat him? <laughs> I never beat up on Rick Sanchez. I just had some fun with him. See, and of course it was just business, not personal. I don't dislike him personal, uh, just business. As opposed to some other people where it's business and personal, not to mention any names. Sanchez, whose regular MSNBC shift is 9 a.m. to noon, connected with Imus while doing news cut-ins during the simulcast. It was typical Imus at first, Sanchez says. He'd ask, who's this big fat jerk doing the news? I figured the best thing to do was play along, so I asked his producer to put me on with him. I just had fun doing an exaggerated Spanish accent and things like that. He must have liked it because now he uses me a lot. In fact, we have a clip from Rick Sanchez's favorite TV show. All right. Sanchez figures his future also brightened when NBC bought the Telemundo network. I'm one of the few people who, when big stories break, could move comfortably between English and Spanish networks. I think that makes me really valuable to them, says Ricky Ticky Sanchez. The same traits have also have him well positioned for a major role in what could be the first colossal news story of the 21st century, the inevitable turmoil when Fidel Castro passes from the scene, when Fidel passes <laughs> gas. I salivate about that, Sanchez says. It's the huge story I've been preparing for all my life. Who else has the sense of perspective and background I will bring to that story? Wow, there's no ego there at all, is there? No. No. However humbling in his early days the big leagues might have been, he obviously has gotten over it, says Tom Jicka. Little shot there at the end. In other words, he's not so humble anymore. Nice going, Tommy. That was pretty uh, sweet. Huh? A good suck job. What's all this stuff that you just faxed me here? Man, oh, man. Pretty good most oh, of it. Oh, it's called a pitch pipe. Yes. It's a pitch pipe. It also makes a good uh, one-hitter in a pinch. <laughs> oh, come on. Give one to uh, Dion Warwick at the airport. Now, why are you faxing me? Is there something of interest to me on this? About this uh, page five of seven? It's all a bunch understand. of different things, but they're all in, they're all together. Oh, I see. At midnight, Spanish broadcasting system flipped rocker KJXO San Francisco to KPTI, the Bay Area's pure dance channel, 92.7 party in English language, all dance, jockless music outlet. Oh! Well, it seems to be going big, man. Party radio where they're ripping Kid Korean ass, talking about what's an old man like that who's 70 years old. What does he know about the music young people want to hear that we're playing now? And how come he turned down a chance to play all this music like a year and a half, two years ago when John and Neil brought it to him, huh? Yeah, next thing they'll be using my name on here. Go right ahead, Disney. I don't care. Piss Kid Curry and Greg off, but who the hell gives a crap, okay? Because it happens to be the truth. We brought him all of that great music, that Euro stuff, okay? All that uh, trance stuff, all that, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I do. All those four records they're playing, Safri Duo and Darude, over and over again. Brought him tons of good stuff. Did he play most of it? No. No. Anyway, KPTI will be programmed by the team of SBS Executive Vice President of Programming, Bill Tanner, National PD of P.O. Ferro, and VP of Programming, Jesus Salas, who runs programs for the... Oh, no, who programs the company's three Miami FM stations? I don't understand. You don't? What three stations are those? I don't get any of this. 
According to Tanner, the gay area, the Bay Area is natural for this format will be the music sensitive format with no disc jockeys, while pure dance music is the star. Those looking to become mixers or part of KPTI Street Team should get their packages to Bill Tanner. Oh, don't let Bill Tanner touch your package. Oh, not a good idea. Don't send your package over to Billy Tanner. He might squeeze it. I think this is that FM station they were talking about for you. Oh, really? That's what well, I think guess the what? The answer was, no. see, so they put on a station where they're just playing music and not paying any money. So it must be a real loser. And, of course, they'll probably get big numbers now. So it's a good thing I didn't. It made no sense. It made no sense. They're just going to slap me on a station in San Francisco with a morning show. And I'm talking about Rick Sanchez and South Florida this and all this other crap. They don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Boy, that's got to be one of the dumbest ideas. And, of course, uh, look where it came from. Anyway. Accused. How's that poll coming, by the way? This is a very important poll today. I said I wasn't going to do this poll because we don't want to give people an opportunity to take a cheap shot. But why the hell not? Who cares? I can handle it. I'm not thin-skinned like some assholes I know. 195 votes on the poll. What do you dislike most about Neil's show? Come on, we can hear it. 195. Nothing. It's fine. 48. Don't like the tone. 43. That's the crank vote of the day. 43 and doing very well, by the way. Nothing. I like it better than ever. Maybe we ought to have that bitch pipe. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing I like it better than ever, 34. No phone calls, 30. That's 15%. That's not all that much, you know, 15%. No. Uh, too much reading, 15. Too many priest stories, like the one I'm going to do in a minute. Oh, and we also got the story today about Bubba's love child. Did you see that story? No, I didn't. He's got a love child. Because you don't read the National Enquirer. And remember the National Enquirer had about Robert Blake first, and we had it here on the show yep. weeks and weeks and weeks ago before yes, he was actually charged with a murder? I like the Enquirer. What are you talking about? I just didn't oh, read Cardinal that Law enters third day of testimony in the rain. Don't get him wet now. Uh, Cardinal Law said that the Archdiocese, Archdiocesan Finance Council had overruled him on that decision. They overruled him. Well, who the hell's that guy? Hey, Tom Jackie, you better get uh, over to CNN. They need your help. They need serious help. Anyway, what did I do? Too much reading, 15. Too many priest stories, 14. Not enough comedy bits, 9. And too many comedy bits appear. So there a lot of people with a lot of opinions out there, okay? Because like I've always told you, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. All right, so so good for you. And the price is right. Hop on neilrogers.com and vote to your heart's content. In fact, I should have put an extra category on there just called Go Leafs Go for all my Canadian friends. huh? Put that on there, Eric. I mean, that, that doesn't it, it doesn't fit, but nevertheless, we put a lot of things on there that don't fit, right? Like Matlock. <laughs> hey, if we put him on there, he'd win. But he'll we're not win. putting him on this one. We're not putting Matlock on today. Just put Go Leafs Go on the bottom there just so that the, uh, all the Leaf fans out there can register in. They can check in before tomorrow night's game. Oh! Let's hear it for a bunch of doddering old guys beaten up and bru- bloodied and bruised. But uh, when the chips are down, man, they come through like a freaking miracle. Here's Cujo with his broken hand who's still a shadow of what he was. Here's Gary Roberts who's all banged up. No Darcy Tucker. No Matt Sundin. No Demetrius Skevich. No Yushki. Of course, a lot of the people there, most people wouldn't know Yushki from Yushki. No, uh, did I say Darcy Tucker? No, uh, what's his name? Carl Pilash. You know all these guys, don't you, George? Oh, every one of them. Good friends. In other words, we're playing with like half of a minor league team in there, the St. John's Maple Leafs, and we still kick their ass, oh! the choking, gagging Ottawa Senators, who make me sick to my stomach, except for Marty Havlat, who looks damn good to me. Anyway, accused priest flees in a parish gasps. The men, <clears> women, and children of... Uh, oh, wait till you hear the name of this church. The men, women, and children of St. Tarsus's Roman Catholic Church got the official word at the end of Saturday Mass. The allegations are credible, said the Reverend Daniel McCarthy, pastor of the Northwest Side Church. One of their own priests had fled the country after being accused of sexually abusing a teen girl. The congregation gasped. 
The latest mm -hmm. bombshell in that nationwide pre-sex abuse scandal was exploding right in front of them. Right now, I'm sure your heads are spinning, McCarthy said. Just like Linda Blair, my head's been that way for a week. Earlier in the day, the Archdiocese of Chicago announced that the Reverend Sleva Polisetti, 43, had been removed from his position as an associate pastor a week after allegations surfaced. Church officials believe Polisetti fled to India, where he was originally ordained. How do you like that? We're fleeing over here. Our minds are filled with concerns for our young people and for our parish, McCarthy said. In his stunning letter to parishioners, St. Tars is a warm, wonderful parish. We cannot forget that. Right. You just keep uh, donating, man. You just keep giving money to all those goddamn child molesters. Have a good time doing it with a clear conscience. And keep rubbing your rosary beads and uh, potchking around with all the tchotchkes. Isn't that what you like to do in your spare time is potchke with some tchotchkes? It's my favorite right. thing to do. Yeah. Let's go potchke with a tchotchke, man. Sounds like a lot of fun to me. And didn't uh, didn't Jesus say something about the idols and all those other graven images? Didn't the Lord uh, warn against that? I think that was Moses that said that. Well, what the hell did he know? He was just an old Jew. He didn't know no Jesus. Just like, uh, what's his name, Frankie Patanjali? He didn't know no Godfather. Moses didn't know no Jesus. He didn't know no Yushki. He knew Yushki, though. He knew Dmitry Yuskevich. And he said, man, how the hell are we winning without him? With that blood clot. See, I'm sneaking in all the hockey stuff here just to make Rimmer and J.D. happy. I bet you J.D.'s listening today. See if I carve me. He's probably listening on the net. Hey, J.D., shut up already, will you? You bug me. Twelve minutes after ten at 560 WQM. I tell you one thing. I like the tone of this show today. I don't care what anybody says. I like the tone. Oh! I like it a lot. George don't like it because there's too much hockey talking, too much George bashing. Oh. He can handle it. He can handle it after the last month of baby crap at QM. He can handle almost anything. He's been conditioned to handle it. <laughs> Amen. Here's a simple question for you. If somebody offered to give you several thousand dollars over the next few years, would you accept it? Yes. Better damn uh, right you would. What I just say? You, in other words, yes. It'd be a little foolish not to, which makes it really foolish to pass up the opportunity to refinance or buy a home at just 3.95%. Here's the deal. There's a Fannie Mae program available at 3.95% for both refinancing and purchasing of homes. Think about it, just 3.95%. And all you have to do is call Financial Group to get the info on how this works. Call 1-800-940-5363. That's 1-800-940-5363. To be more specific, you can get 100 grand with payments of only 475 bucks a month or 200 grand with payments of only 950 bucks a month. You'll save yourself thousands and thousands of dollars. So it'll be downright stupid to pass up a chance like that. Do the math and do the next logical thing. Get the details by calling Financial Group 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. Equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply and rates are subject to change if you wait too long. What is a Buffalo Bill? What kind of a father was Robert Blake? Not your average mother. What does that mean? I was frightened and um, constantly in a fetal position. It was really horrible. Was she ever violent with you? Yes, absolutely. Selena, do you think there is any way that your father might have committed this crime or ordered this crime to be committed? Yes. Has your father said to you, I'm guilty? <sighs> yeah. Did he? Mm-hmm. Dad is guilty. Is that correct? Absolutely. I have a signed piece of paper from him that says he did it, and my father is severely guilty. Thanks, Pablo. It's a 1018 at 560. WQM markets are going up. Oh! I think today is the day. You can feel it, can't you? It's like a turning point in human history. Can't you smell it? 
Or maybe fat boys running around farting in the hallway. Oh, here's one of our chronic factions, Big Arnie, who says, we had a speaker at our Coke club, that's Coca-Cola. I wonder if that's like lemon Coke. Or, I'm sorry, vanilla Coke. That's not out yet, is it? They had that test in Connecticut. Oh, wait, it is like out. A whole... Miguel saw it. It is I out? Didn't... Yes. And? I haven't tried it. We haven't tried it. Oh. Sounds crappy to me. Sounds yucky. Anyway, Big Arnie says the speaker was an ex-associated press correspondent. He was talking about bias in the media, and he say, was saying how bad the liberal bias is. Then he said that uh, to listen to non-biased newscasts, we ought to listen to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> I almost barfed up my Coke, says Big Arnie, and we paid this guy 100 bucks to talk. Right. If you want to hear something right down the middle of the road, listen to Lardass. <laughs> right. He'll tell you about how the, Carter, the uh, Clintons and Carters murdered 50 people and yada, yada, yada. Oh, speaking of the uh, Carters, we got, we got Jimmy's in Cuba. And Fidel says, hey, you got free access. Go to the uh, scientific labs. Go here. Go there. Go smoke a few big fat ones and do whatever the hell you want. That's right. Hey, listen, wouldn't it be something if Jimmy pulled off some stuff there that the Pope couldn't do? Remember the Pope? He was up there with Fidel. And they both were really crappy dressers. That's about all you can say about that. Accomplished absolutely nothing. Zero. Nada. Not a thing. Now, a lot of people will be saying, oh, Jimmy Carter, see, he was a Democrat, so because he's there consorting with Fidel. Communista, I guarantee Miguel's thinking that right now. Communista, communista. No, I'm not thinking see? that, but I don't think he's going to do anything either. Yeah, you're thinking that. You're thinking commie pinko, just like Jane Fonda, another commie pinko, Democrat, liberal, uh, et cetera, and so on. He down there sucking Fidel's beard, playing kissy, 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 squeezing his cheeks, you know. That's what you're thinking. Okay. He's going to liberate Cuba, man. Oh. Jimmy Carter, he's the man. Don't you remember what a great job he did with those hostages in Iran? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, we tried. Tape shows Egan encouraged... Oh, and i got to get to that Bubba story, okay? And then there's even a story about uh, Hillary, about how they're uh, thinking of running her for VP in the next election. Oh, no. Hey, listen, if you're going to lose, lose with your worst. You know, like Janet Reno in Florida, and the, I think a great ticket would be Jew Lieberman and Hillary. Oh, God. Get about four votes. Tape shows Egan encouraged abuser to stay in priesthood. Here's a shocking, shameful story from Newsday in New York, in Long Island. Cardinal Edward Egan once encouraged a priest who admitted sexually abusing a teenager to continue to serve in the priesthood, a newspaper reported on Saturday. The revelations came in videotape testimony produced five years ago for a civil trial involving a lawsuit against the Roman Catholic Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut. A copy of the videotape was obtained by the Washington Post, which reported Saturday that Egan said at the time he would not summarily suspend a priest, even in the face of shocking allegations of sexual abuse. He said diocesan priests were self-employed and not the bishop's responsibility. Let me read that paragraph again, boys and girls. A copy of the videotape was obtained by the Washington Post, which reported Saturday that Egan said at the time he would not summarily suspend a priest, even in the face of shocking allegations of sexual abuse. He said diocesan priests were self-employed and not the bishop's responsibility. I would have to know the complete circumstances, said Egan, who's now head, of course, of the Archdiocese of New York and under enormous heat. A lawyer then presented a hypothetical case with a fact pattern identical to the Martinelli case. What if this priest was a teacher, the lawyer asked, and sexually assaulted a student and bit the student's penis? That would be sufficient cause for suspension, I'm sure, in many bishops' minds, Egan, in many bishops' mind, Egan responded. Then the lawyer asked, would it be sufficient cause in your mind? I would have to know all the details, Egan replied. The suggestion is so strange, I'd want to know more about it. He'd want to see pictures, I'm sure. He'd want to see pictures of the penis-biting incident. In fact, maybe you want to go and see an instant replay. See it like revisited it all over again. 
1997 lawsuit was filed on behalf of Frank Martinelli, who claimed that the Reverend Lawrence Brett sexually assaulted him three times over a two-year period ending in 1963, including biting him during oral sex. The lawsuit was eventually settled. The amount of the settlement was not disclosed. I hate that. Me too. Hate biters. Of course, in your case, you know, it's a good way to get rid of that foreskin. Egan, who was appointed bishop of the Bridgeport Diocese in 1988, met with Brett in 1990 when the priest expressed concern that past allegations might interfere with his work. Are you following that? They might interfere with his work. According to the Post, Egan read from a memoranda he wrote soon after that meeting that Brett made a good impression on me. He spoke with Grace. He also testified at the time he was... Who the hell's Grace? He also testified at the time he was inclined to write Brett a letter encouraging him to go on with his work. Egan eventually suspended Brett amid mounting allegations of sexual abuse. Brett was barred from the active priesthood and stripped of his authority to administer sacraments or pursue his ministry. Or rub the rosary beads, even. Although Egan has never directly acknowledged missteps in handling allegations of abuse against priests, he recently addressed the issue in a pastoral letter. If, in hindsight, we also discover that mistakes have been made as regards prompt removal of priests and assistance to victims, I am deeply sorry, he wrote. How do you like that? That's good. Yeah. Saturday, the Connecticut Post of Bridgeport report that court records show the Reverend Martin Federici was picked up by police in 1968 for allegedly molesting a boy in his car. Police didn't arrest the priest, but reported the incident to the diocese. How do you like them apples, huh? Kevin Baxter, about the only one at the Herald who's got any clue what's going on in the world, except they have to listen to this show and get all the information from me, like that Al Goldstein story, and they have to look up the Daily News and then reprint it verbatim. I mean, I understand when you're, you know, printing things off wire services verbatim. But the New York Daily News, do we usually see stories in the Daily News and the Herald? No. I don't think so. Stolen from uh, this show. No, God. But you notice little Tommy Jick, in spite of the fact that I've been abusing him a lot lately, and well-deserved, I should point out, mentions me and a Rick Sanchez thing. And what have I said about Rick Sanchez that isn't true, I should like to ask? I'm thinking. Yeah, let, let's put on our thinking caps. What have I said about Ricky Ticky Sanchez that isn't true? He's two feet tall. He killed that guy in front of the stadium. He went home uh, to get a drink, or maybe he already had a drink, whatever the hell it was. He told the cop he'd be right back, which we never heard of before in our lives. He was uh, trying to interfere with the alien with that uh, business that, that uh, trip over to see a sister Jean, the dancing machine. All of these things. Like I said, it's not personal. Personally, he's okay. He's, uh, we had some fun with him. He didn't take it personal. He wasn't one of these uptight assholes who takes everything personally and had thin skin. Only assholes are like that. But Ricky Sanchez uh, always had a good sense of humor about it. Remember, he called us on here a couple of times. Absolutely. Came by yeah. for a visit. Right. So it wasn't personal. It was business. Business. And then, of course, on the on the uh, killing the guy at the stadium thing, that, was, that wasn't personal with me or with George or anybody else because it didn't affect us. It, just, it was just reporting the news. That's all reporting the events as they happen. The guy's still dead. That's all. And then, of course, the audience jumps on the back. Hey, how's that guy Rick Sanchez? It, uh, there's another example of great calls we get, which, by the way, when we take calls again, keep them coming. But nevertheless, how's that guy Rick Sanchez? Is he still dead? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's still dead. You know, like it got to be a big joke. Wasn't much of a joke to that guy because he was in a coma for a long time, and then he died. Remember that? I remember. Yeah, I'll bet you do. Relentless bastard that you are. Uh, see, I'm getting choked up about it. Let's see, 257 votes already on the survey. Man, what do you dislike most about Neil's show? Nothing, it's fine, 72. Don't like the tone, 47. Nothing, I like it better than ever, 46. 
No phone calls, 37. Too much reading, 18. Too many priest stories, 17. Not enough comedy bits, 12. Uh, go Leafs, go, 5. All right, let's hear it. Oh! And too many comedy bits, 3. Let's hear it for dial mattress Man, these people are sensational. This is one uh, company you'll love doing business with because they take all the work out of buying you a great name brand new mattress at an unbeatable price. All you have to do is just make exert enough effort to reach over, grasp your phone, grasp your instrument, pick it up, and make one easy call to 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. You'll be instantly connected to an expert vetting consultant whose only job is to get you the best brand name mattress in the world at an unbeatable price. And they do it every time. I've been using them for years. Dial a mattress carries all the top brands in the world. They've got Serta and Sealy, Simmons and King Coil. No off brands, no seconds, no substitutions, no bait and swish. And when you call Dial a mattress and do business with these folks, you pick today in the two hour window for your delivery any day, seven days a week. Like you want it between noon and two when you're going to be home or one and three and two and four, et cetera, and so on. That's when they'll be there. Some companies make you wait around all day for a delivery and then don't even show up. Also, when you do business with Dial a Mattress, you get an honest-to-goodness 30-day in-home comfort guarantee so you can test your mattress the only intelligent way by sleeping on it and doing your thing on it. So if you want to get yourself a great mattress and a great night's sleep for a long time to come, get rid of the bumpy, well, lumpy, worn-out mattress and call Dial a Mattress toll-free 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Be sure and tell them that Neil told you to call or check them out in the Wicked Worldwide. Fort Lauderdale. The Hammer. The Hammer. Weekdays at 3 hey, on Sports it. Radio 560 QAM. Hey, it's Howard. Howard David. Oh. Real life on the farm is kind of laid back. I haven't had fun since our helping hand check. He milked the cows and I was a today. Thank God I'm a country gay boy. Well, I love it in the summer when it's time to do the hay. We hire all these guys, that's when I start to play. Shirts off, sunshine, sweating in the wagon. Thank God I'm a country gay boy. All right. Well, I got me a sheep and it keeps me kind of busy. Yeah. I work them so hard, sometimes I get dizzy. Barn lights out, I think it's time to party. Thank God I'm a country gay boy. Well, it's been six years since the lambs got caught. I told the farm owner therapy was over naught. Can't find a man, well, I'm trying little veal. Thank God I'm a country gay boy. Well, I hired this guy about two weeks ago. He told me he was straight, but I bet I'll never know. High heels, fake boobs, I had a little makeup. Thank God I'm a country gay boy. Oh, well, I got me a great lab. I like to sit and whittle. Grab a little ass and make a donkey diddle. Life's been great since I moved to the country. Thank God I'm a country gay boy. All right, you guys like the song so far? What do you think? Chickens and I love my piggies. I try to find out if they have little dickies. Vegetarian, but I love to eat meat. Thank God I'm a country gay boy. Well, if you ever want a job and a queen for a boss, you lube yourself up and I'll call you hoss. Just remember, all employees use the back door. Oops. Come on, that's natural. Come on. Well, I got me a barn life. I got a skin fiddle. Play you a tune if you squeal just a little. Can't get fun like this in San Francisco. Country gay boy, what would you do without me? Honestly, I want you to be honest with me. Be perfectly honest. What did you think, huh? Oh, you like that, did you? I bet you thought it was hot, you little heifer. How much you like it? How much did you like it? How much did you like it? Ten thirty-three at five sixty WQM. I got the Mad Dog. Jim managed at one. The Humper will be along. Hank Goldberg at three. Hurricane Hotline at seven.
Does that really say Joe Zagaki from 8 to 8.30? Well, that's enough. And then you got your pregame show at 8.30. The uh, South Florida baseball team at Colorado as they embark on a long road trip, 9.05, the big O at, uh, what's that all about? Oh, uh, Eddie K must be on vacation this week, huh? I guess. Because after baseball, we got the big oh! Orlando Rosagir. Then the Dirty Boys, Joe and Mark overnight, 2 to 6. Edmonton, a Canadian man's attempt to make off without paying a prostitute for his services, failed miserably on Friday when he left behind some crucial evidence, his employer's truck, and inside of it, much of his finger, police said. There's a lot of lessons here, and they're all really apparent, Edmonton police spokesman Wes Belmore said. Residents of an Edmonton neighborhood alerted police just after daybreak with reports of a man and a woman fighting and yelling in and around the pickup truck, saying the man was bleeding from his hand. Witnesses reported the young blonde woman eventually jumped out of the truck, pulled up her pants, and ran to a nearby home, police said. When officers arrived on the scene, they found the pickup with blood stains on the door, clumps of blonde hair in the cab, and three-quarter inch, two-centimeter piece of a finger. Police also found the woman after a door to her search said she explained that she was working as a prostitute and that the fight broke out when the man refused to pay her for services rendered. Officers believed she bit the man's finger off. It didn't take police long to locate the man described as heavy set in his mid-50s. It was a company truck with a big name and a phone number on the side, so that helped. Our investigators are pretty smart, Bill Moore said. Our investigators got in touch with him at the hospital, and he's having what's left of his finger put back together again. Bill Moore said the man was not arrested but may face assault charges later on. Now, why would he face assault? Maybe he attacked her. I see. Well, there you go in Edmonton. Well, something exciting is going on there anyway. Probably not too much. Here's something exciting. I started this thing with Kevin Baxter a long time ago. I went to the refrigerator and got me some provolone cheese. Mm. Sliced. Mm. This, this is the best. This is the best provolone ever. And it's out of a, uh, it's like a package thing, you know? Like Renieri said, they got package deals. Provolone. Cheese, fromage. Everything on the labels has to be in English and in French. All the frogs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see any frogs here. I'm sure that there's some around. Don't see no frogs, thank God. Overly moldy oldies are chucked at magic. About time. Oh! God. Now, this isn't going to make that one old fart happy, the one that wrote the letter, the guy that's 100 years old, wrote that letter we read from the Herald on Friday. About how he wants Doris Day music and Piri Como and all of that crap. He wants the big bands back, Benny Goodman. How many stations went out of business uh, trying to play that crap? About 500? Something like that. Yeah, let's hear Piri Como again. Come on, find a wheel. The veal. Spin the veal. You're going to talk it up? Perry. Find a wheel and it goes round. <laughs> Prop round, him up, boys. Prop his head right up there on a pillow. With the happy Kevin, sound. kill that. Kill him. <laughs> Kevin Baxter writes in the Herald, Just the thought of an oldie station updating its music seems so contradictory. The words don't seem to go together, sort of like military intelligence or starring Freddie Prince Jr. Well, what does that mean? He's taking a shot at Freddie Prince Jr. No, I understand, but Why? Because uh, he's just a pretty face. He's not so bad. He's not uh, the worst actor I've ever seen. He's no Matt Dillon. And I'll tell you one thing. He's a lot better looking than Matt Dillon and a better actor, which I ain't saying a lot, but that happens to be true. How come you didn't put Matt Dillon in? I guess Kevin Baxter. You know, this thing with Kevin Baxter, who's got a wife, there's some real story there somewhere, you know what? Because didn't you always tell me he was a real swish? Well, he found it that way. He found it that way on the phone, but then you found that way yeah. on the air when you're uh, doing the show. How come you don't sound that way on the air when I'm doing the show? I have no idea why that happens. See? I think You know what I think? What do you think? I don't know. I was going to say the microphone, but you're in the same studio as when you would be doing the show. <laughs> of course, when Joe is in there with you doing the show, one day you'll be in one room, and the next day you can like uh, go back and forth and see which one you sound more macho on, although I think it'll help. 
It says, but jarring as it may be, Bob Hamilton, program director for South Florida Oldies Outlet, Magic 102.7, insists that even oldies have to change with the times. Round, round, get around, I get around. I mean, we like that, but how many times can you hear that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So once in a while, you'd like to maybe hear, if they're going to play Beach Boys songs, maybe we hear something a little bit different once in a while on Magic, like... When some loud bragger tries to put me down... Like that. Our, as our age demographic gets older, tastes change, he says. As we get older, the amount of songs from the earlier parts of the rock and roll era will fade slowly because they're not as memorable. Uh-huh. There's no question. And see, I don't, I don't think he understands it. I'll go on and read this whole thing by Kevin Baxter because it'll kill some good time and people are interested in what's going on in the uh, radio biz. But I don't think he gets it, which is why he can't. Our good close friend Kenneth, whatever his name was, the doo-wop shop guy. What was that? Guy? What was that guy's name? Ken Hell? <laughs> I don't know. Come on, he's our close personal friend, and now he's had a bias way on here on uh, Waxy uh, ninety eight point two on the AM dial, whatever it is, whatever Jicka said. What do you call it? Seven ten. It's 790, Tom, and you still haven't changed it on your website, you putwhacker, you silly person, you, you bald-headed geek. There's no question magic has long been in need of a shake-up, says Kevin Baxter, which is precisely why Hamilton, a radio fixer who turned around stations in L.A. and San Francisco, was brought in three years ago. Sure taking his time, hasn't he? Magic has consistently hovered just outside the top ten in the South Florida Arbitron rankings and for a time was even losing the ratings battle with rhythmic oldie station WMGE Smegma 103.5, which used to be she, used to be a great station once upon a time. But of more concern was the fact that Magic's audience, like that of oldies stations across the country, was aging while advertisers were focusing on young consumers who want to hear stuff like this. Well, maybe not. You think young people like the Beach Boys? No, <laughs> no, no. Well, how can you not? How can you not play the Beach Boys? Hey, look, if you want to change, Bob, I think the answer is Darude and Safri duo. Okay, let's quit beating around the bush. Nobody wants to hear the Beach Boys anymore. Nobody wants to hear Fats Domino anymore. Unfortunately, certainly nobody wants to hear Dion Warwick unless she shares her stash with them. So, so what are we talking about? At first, in fact, if you see Dion in the airport, you know what the best uh, suggestion is? What? Walk on by. <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. Oh. Blindsided on that. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to this in a second because it'll kill some good time. Then we got this grotesque priesta from Joliet, Illinois, from the Chicago Sun-Times. And we got the Bubba Love Child, which is a very long story. But I think everybody wants to hear about that. Uh-huh. In fact, I might have to even interrupt my Kevin Baxter reading for Bubba's Love Child, at least for a little tease. Because everybody wants to hear about Bubba's love child. And, of course, if it's in the National Enquirer, there's a very good chance, in fact, overwhelming chance, it's got to be true. As opposed to the other tabloids, which just have, like, they're usually fun in you. What's what's that one that has all those end-of-the-world ones? The one that's the, the World Weekly News, is that it? That's the one. Or this, I guess, the, no, that's the one. I was thinking the sun, yeah. but no, the Weekly That World one's News. a trip. The one that's always got, like, a black and white cover. Right, space aliens. Yeah, why, why, why waste the color ink, you know, when the world's going to come to an end in a few days anyway? 296 votes on the poll, pretty heavy duty. What do you dislike most about Neil's show? Nothing, it's fine, 80. Nothing, I like it better than ever, 58. Don't like the tone, 48. <laughs> ah! uh, no phone calls, 44. Too much reading, 22. Too many priest stories, 20. Not enough comedy bits, 13. Go Leafs, go, 6. Oh! And too many comedy bits, 5. 
How could anybody say it? But again, I put it on there, but we got five people say too many comedy bits. You know who probably voted for that? Jicka. And that Boca Brown Karen... hater guy. And probably him too, yeah. Probably voted five times. Four times for him and once for Jicka. Hey, at least we keep you busy, Tom. We keep you uh, occupied. 19 to 11 at 560 WQAM. Summertime is here, man. Just walk outside. You'll pass out. But Oleomet is a product that will make you feel your best and keep you in good health, even in sultry South Florida. Oleomet is a soft gel capsule that you just pop in your puss that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins and minerals and herbals to promote health for your prostate, for your heart, for your blood pressure, and for your cholesterol as well. Oleomed's got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive, your endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. And don't forget, Oleomed's got products for men and for you ladies out there as well. Oleomed's available all over town, so pick some up and give it a try real soon. You'll find it at Walgreens, Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy in Sedano's. It's a stupendous new product that a lot of people are really excited about. So if you'd like to get more info about Oleomed's products, just call them toll-free and ax away. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. 1-866-OLEOMED, or you can also order their products right off their website, Oleomed. And Rockies, tonight from Coors Field in Colorado. Coverage starts at 8.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. America loves to watch boobs and butts and boinking. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind, the true Hollywood celebrity music biography profile story, we take a good, hard, st- Scene with a song so catchy, it virtually guaranteed their failure. They were the Knack. We caught up with Knack lead vocalist Doug Feger, whose life now consists of explaining who he was to bored strangers at parties. So, I understand you're a musician. Yeah, I was in a band called The Knack. Oh, I am. Um, I've never heard of you. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've heard this song before. Finding the actual band completely uninteresting, Inside the Behind began the elusive search for the subject of the song. Who was Sharona? Hey, you break it, you bought it! The object of the next lust, Sharona, is now 43 and the assistant manager at the Discovery Channel store in the Liberty Dream Mall in Danvers, Massachusetts. Freaking knack! That old Doug had his way with me. And do I see a penny in royalties? I only hope that pig is spending the rest of his life explaining who he was to bore people at parties. Now that would be sweet revenge. There you go, Sharona. It's the least we could do. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business tonight on Inside the Behind. Okay, 1046 is 560. By the way, don't be faxing me anymore. Those are chronic faxes from Jerry or Edgar or Steve or whatever the guy with a squiggly well, writing his voice is the same thing. I beg your pardon? I thought it might have been him, but when in doubt. Guaranteed. Anyway, here's a fax. This is the poll should have had uh, not enough free stories. You're the only man with the balls to tell it like it is and expose these preverts of the huge scan that they're pulling out and their followers, et cetera, and so on. Well, in some case, I'm sure they're not uh, huge. Anyway, uh, keep it up. I always do. Bless us all. Mazel Tov says this. Oh! Whoever he is. Okay, thank you, sir. God bless you. That's right. Big balls. That's what we're talking about today, like the Maple Leafs. Oh! Like that Mark Hall kid that uh, fought the Catholic Church and took his date to the prom, his boyfriend of the prom, whether they liked it or not, etc. and so on. Big balls. That's what it's all about. Big cojones, man. Can we hear some of the new music from Magic? One, two. See, I just played that because we got that one guy out there that loves that. 
Look at this story. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get to that bubble up job. Well, let me just uh, tease it here, and they actually have pictures here. Go out and buy the Enquirer for sure. Mistress's ex-hubby tells all, Bill and Dolly Kyle Browning, shown here in the 1985 photo, had a long-time steamy affair, says her ex-hubby. Below right, Clinton and Dolly, when he was Arkansas State Attorney General, and there they are, as a matter of fact. She's got a big smile on her puss, and he's got a big uh, Schmidt-eating grin on his puss. And later on in the story, on the second page, here's a picture of the, uh, the kid, the illegitimate son, supposedly. And then there's another big picture, more recent, that says, is this man's man Clinton's son strapping Anthony Pearson as he looks today he's about as strapping as the beast he's a big uh, fat-faced pudgy guy strapping man whoever wrote that ought to get a strapping I'll tell you that well we'll get back to that momentarily eventually when I'm good and ready okay but here's something much more pressing that somebody just faxed to us which we thank you profusely for from the Associated Press Toledo Admitted drug dealers have told federal agents that former football star O.J. Simpson went on cocaine binges and late-night drug buys in Florida, the Blade newspaper reported yesterday. Let's hear it for good old O.J., man. <laughs> what a shock. What a surprise. I sure hope the people in the building who are like O.J. lickers don't get upset about this. Oh, man. Andrew Anderson, a dealer in an international narcotics ring who's awaiting sentencing on drug charges, told investigators he stayed at Simpson's suburban Miami home. That's in Kendall, by the way and supplied Simpson and his girlfriends with ecstasy, according to confidential FBI documents obtained by the newspaper for a copyrighted story. Other admitted dealers, tied to Anderson's ecstasy ring, told investigators they snorted cocaine with Simpson as far back as 1999 and sold it to him as recently as seven months ago, the Blade says. Seven months ago. Oh, man. Informed of the Toledo story, Simpson told the AP, It's all untrue. I don't do drugs. <laughs> I don't sell drugs. I don't buy drugs. <laughs> Sounds like George. It should be obvious to everyone it's totally untrue or I would have been arrested. Right. Federal agents raided Simpson's house December 4th as part of an investigation into a drug ring that imported hundreds of thousands of ecstasy pills from Holland from the Netherlands. Oh, we also got another bad story from Netherlands, but we'll save that for later. I don't want to get Hans too upset. Another bad story. The ring also was tied to money laundering and satellite TV equipment theft. Simpson was not charged in the raid. A federal jury acquitted Toledo developer Mark Nowakowski in March of charges stemming from the raid. An FBI agent testified during Nowakowski's trial that Anderson supplied ecstasy to Simpson. Simpson's attorney, Yael Galanter, denied the agent's allegation. Anderson and co-defendant John Thorburn pleaded guilty in February to charges in the case and faces up to 20 years in prison. The Blade reported that it examined more than 200 pages of documents, including transcripts of FBI wiretaps and witness statements from late 99 to November 2001. About a dozen of those records related to Simpson, including reports by detectives who watched the former NFL running back and actor's ranch-style home. Oh, man. One of the wiretaps led to Nowakowski's arrest because an acquaintance in Miami used a call, uh, used his call, rather, to make a drug deal. Let me try it again. Used his call cell phone. That's what that. If you could see the quality of this fax, I did. used his cell phone to make a drug deal according to the federal documents, which the Toledo developer obtained for his defense and gave the newspaper. One of the drugs admitted dealers, the drug rings admitted dealers, and Alda Galvez told FBI agents that Simpson and her former girlfriend knocked on the door at all hours to buy cocaine. The blade says Galvez said the two called her so often for drugs that she charged changed her cell phone number. That's as much as I'm reading because the uh, copy is real bad. I'm going to have to shake my uh, thing over there in a minute during the next break. Don't let me forget to shake my booty, my uh, toner cartridge. Toner thing. It, it's it's only been in there for like four or five days. How can that be? They can't be running out, can it? 
Maybe you got a bum one. Oh, man. That could be. My luck. Anyway, for the guy that says we don't do enough priest stories, here's another one. And we have several more. A Roman Catholic priest in Bay City has resigned after acknowledging a complaint of sexual misconduct against him. Where the hell's Bay City? Is that in Michigan, Bay City? Don't know. Hmm, I think so. The Reverend, Levern, uh, Reverend, uh, oh, the Reverend Leonard Wilkowski, 65, who served for three years at Holy Trinity Catholic Church, wrote a letter to parishioners explaining his Wednesday resignation. An allegation of sexual misconduct has been made against me. It concerns an incident which occurred much earlier in my ministry, he wrote. I regret the hurt I've caused others in the past, and I regret the hurt that I'm causing now. This was part of my past and moved beyond this years ago, including Wilkowski. At least 16 Catholic priests in Michigan, like I just said, have been removed, suspended, or left their duty since January the 1st amid sexual misconduct allegations. There you go. Another one in Michigan. Now, can I please get back to my good close friend, Kevin Baxter? Because this is important stuff out there for people who want to hear some good music. That sure is how I it. At first, Hamilton, this is about the PD at Magic, Bob Hamilton, for those who weren't listening earlier. See, when you get involved in a whole bunch of different stories at the same time, it's confusing. Too bad. Pay close attention. Keep up with the bus. At first, Hamilton busied himself improving the station's brand and visibility, but in December, he turned to the music in an effort to renew the audience, certainly the most challenging part of the job. After all, how do you create excitement and draw new listeners when the music hasn't changed in 40 freaking years, asked Kevin Baxter, huh? 40 freaking long, ponderous years when they're still playing the same old tired crap. wrong with that Nothing. they're not playing that are they are they playing that i wouldn't know well let's let's get the playlist okay from bob hamilton and we can dissect it right here on a year send it over to somebody who knows what it's all about one of magic's djs hinted at the problem last year when he confessed that i don't listen to the station when i'm not there i've heard all those songs a million times oh i couldn't say it better myself we've heard all those songs until we're ready to puke from them Hey, I'll tell you one thing. If they play Gladys Knight and the Pips, I'd listen to it. I'd even find a way to listen to it up here. It leaves me breathless, this song. Isn't it? Breathtaking. Oh! If I were your woman, you were my man. Is, she, is she great or what, huh, Gladys? Love her. She's a Pip. Anyway, although magic is almost constantly testing its playlist with listeners. Hamilton's December research session was unusually intensive. 500 people were gathered here, 8 to 10 second hooks of hundreds of songs from the 50s to the 70s, then asked to choose their favorites. And just little clips, little hooks from the songs, like... Like that. Oh, you know who that was? Oh, God. Yeah, I do. Sure enough, the favorites were solid 60s, Hamilton said. We found that the 50s music was important, but not as important as it used to be. The key was we found that 1964 was our pivot point year. What showed was the British invasion. The Motown sound was the real essence of where magic was. See what I'm saying? The Motown sound, man. That's where it is. Schmuck. Oh, not you. Bob Hamilton. Schmuck. Putz. Always beware of guys who are like that age with a real high squeaky voice. Always beware. As a result, Hamilton added about 55 songs. Oh, 55 songs? Are you ready for that? Can you wow. handle that? Holy crap, Ola, man. 
He added about 55 songs, accounting for nearly 10% of the station's active playlist. Now, what does that tell you? Are you kidding me? So that, me? Means that, that, that means that they're playing 500 songs. Oh. You see what a scandal that is? Mm. Great article by Kevin Baxter, who also has a copy of, a, a comment here about Ken Held in the doo-wop shop. 500 songs? Well, if 55 songs is nearly 10% of the station's active playlist, no, that means they're playing right. 500 songs. i got more music than that in my car. I got more music than that here, and I have uh, hardly no library here that I just went out and bought uh, a couple weeks ago when I first got here. Jesus, K, Christ, and Joseph from the 64 to 70 or in dropped an equal number of pre-64 and post-70 records. Among the songs that failed to make the cut were Rod Stewart's Maggie May, which we don't ever need to hear again, Rock and Roll Music by Chuck Berry, Are You Crazy?, and No Miss to Love Him by the Teddy Bears. We don't need to hear that. The replacements include Tell Me Why from the Beatles, Tell me why from the Beatles. People got to be free by the rascals. There you go. Oh, 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 oh. winner! And down on a corner by CCR. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ch- uh, puke up my provolone right now. I'm telling you that as I speak. Oh, more CCR. Just what America doesn't need. Just what South Florida does need and doesn't want. Bob Hamilton, you are a schmuck. You know it. You're a moron. Perfect for the South Florida radio market. And I bet you he's older than Kid Curry, too. This guy's probably 75. Got a lot of old people working down there now. You know, 1057 at 560 WQM. Pompano Park has got a great live harness racing three nights a week now, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, post time at 730 p.m. There is always free general parking, free clubhouse, and grandstand admission every afternoon and evening. Every Wednesday night at Pompano Park is dollar night. You can get you a draft beer, hot dog, soda, large pretzel, or popcorn, only a buck apiece. Every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday at Pompano, they offer a special all-you-can-eat buffet in the fourth-floor players' lounge. Soup, salad, tons of veggies, and main entrees to choose from, and great desserts, all for one low price. Plus, on Fridays and Saturdays, there's a carving station with turkey, ham, prime rib, pork, or flank steak. And Pompano Park also offers full-card simulcasting every day of your life, starting at noon until the wee hours of the morning, with highlight, harness, and thoroughbred action from the top tracks in the country. So if you want to plunge your brains out, this is a great place to do it. You love Pompano Park. It's a fun, friendly atmosphere. Just put a few thousand dollars in a brown paper sack and head over uh, right now. As a matter of fact, you can be there in time for all the first races at noon. Pompano Park on Powerline Road, a block south of Atlantic Boulevard. Don't forget, live racing three nights a week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, post time 7.30 at Pompano Park. Oh, look at that. I almost did I already have a homosexual relationship with Neil, so I might as well have one with you, too. Yo, yo, and hey, 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 welcome to the house of OJ and LT. We be your sports talk friends. What you be eating there, man? I be eating my breakfast. What's up with you? You haven't touched your sausage. I don't have a knife. Here, use mine. Chill out, baby. I, I said a knife, not a machete. Well, I always keep one handy in case I encounter those Colombians who were killed my wife. <laughs> yeah, like you be looking for them, huh? Mm-hmm, that's right. I know he'll show up on the golf course one day. Uh-huh. Speaking of knives, did you hear about Demetrius Underworld? <laughs> Yo, he what be stabbing himself all by himself. He should have gave me a call. I'd do the job right. 
Like slicing deviled ham. Oh, dare you, devil, you. By the way, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the Water Nazi and Roy for giving us this opportunity of be having our own show. No, no one can squat like the Water Nazi. What you be talking about? We was outside the stadium the other day. Mm-hmm. I saw her squatting in the parking lot. Well, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah, she went all right in every way. Mm-hmm. That's right. She was squatting and dipping and twisting and pissing and uh, leaving souvenirs. Now I understand. And all this time, I thought I'd be kicking an alligator. Well, who's that? Who'd that be? Who'd that be over there? That's the program director. What do you want? What do you want? You know you may act big and tough. Get out of here, you white pussy! 1102 at... 609 at WQAM. No, it's 1102 at WQAM. But hey, whatever you say, man. Party Radio says Kid Curry just turned 85. Oh! That's the rumor I'm hearing. Here's the facts from Mike who says, I found Nestle's turtle at Publix in downtown Coral Gables, but he still likes fish food better. Keep up the good work. That's okay, Mike. Just don't get carried away, okay? There's one guy who's not going to get hooked on Nestle's turtle. That's good news for you, though. See, it is available there. You'll just have to scour the community to find it. Now, this goes on forever, but just one other thing, because did you realize that Dennis Collins, Dennis Collins? Huh? I didn't realize Jefferson Pilot owned Magic now, because all these stations keep shifting around from one to another. One of the things we found about radio is people want familiarity, says Dennis Collins. He was the uh, manager, of course, when we did the uh, news snooze tour of WNWS right there at the end. Oh. The humorless putts that stood out there in the parking lot giving me a dirty look as the limo went by. That was Dennis Collins, yeah. The one that wouldn't take delivery of the tombstone? Right. People want familiarity, says Dennis Collins, Senior Vice President and GM for Jefferson Pilots, three South Florida stations, including Magic. You don't want surprises. What we want to do is make sure that when listeners tune into Magic, they knew what they were going to get 365 days a year. That's right, Dennis. The same old crap, the same 500 records over and over again. Yeah, we only wish we could hear this on Magic, okay? Just once in a blue moon would be great. You're not going to start that again, are you? I missed the last one. I got a no in there for that one. I may have to do that again, you know. I was going so well, I missed the last one. Anyway, well, that's that's enough of that, okay? Magic's uh, putting on uh, ten new songs, okay? That's a big story. Kevin Baxter writes a bunch of crap about that, as if there isn't anything important to write about. Nice going, Kevin. Although at least he got the frequency right when he was talking about their sister station, Waxy790. Hey, Tom Jicka, what's the frequency, Tommy? Everybody thought that was Dan Rather, that line. It wasn't Dan Rather at all. It was Tom Jicka. What's the frequency, Tom? And he still can't get it right. Clinton's love child, baby. Here it is. Bill Clinton is embroiled in a secret love child scandal, and now the ex-husband of his former mistress is telling all. This according to the very reliable National Enquirer, who do not lie. In an exclusive interview with the Inquirer, Paul Pearson, who was married to Dolly Kyle Browning for 10 years while she carried on a torrid sexual affair with Clinton, has broken his silence with revelations so shocking they could destroy the former president's fragile marriage once and for all. Are you shocked? Not at all. They're shocking. A devastated Pearson reveals that Dolly was avoiding sex with him and having frequent steamy sex sessions with the then governor of Arkansas at the time her son Anthony was conceived. Our sex life had all but withered away, recalled Pearson, a 55-year-old former lawyer from Dallas, who was Dolly's husband from 1975 to 85. 
But Dolly was always very, very sexually active. She was obviously getting sex somewhere, and it wasn't at home. She'd go to Little Rock to see Bill for several days at a time. Maybe she liked a good cigar. By the time our son Anthony was born, August 20th, 1981, everyone was telling me she was cheating, including Dolly's own daughter. Almost everyone I knew was trying to convince me that she and Bill were having an affair. Once it finally sunk in that Dolly was cheating with Bill only months before Anthony was born, of course I questioned whether he was actually my son. Who wouldn't? During the Paula Jones case in 1998, Dolly Kyle Browning, a friend of Clinton since childhood, publicly admitted she had carried on a 17-year-long affair, a sexual affair, with a former president. But questions whether she had given birth to Clinton's love child have not surfaced until now, and the news is bound to envelop the Clinton's troubled marriage in yet another scandal. This could destroy their marriage, said a source close to the Clintons. It's one thing for Billy to fool around with misguided intern like Monica Lewinsky, but it's quite another for Hillary to have to deal with the possibility of a love child by a 54-year-old woman whom Bill has romanced since his high school days. If it's good enough for Jesse Jackson, how come it's not good enough for Bubba, huh? Why not? Which the bad news is Jesse was checked into a hospital in Chicago with like uh, some whatever the hell. I got that later on here. I might have to Schmidt can it. But uh, the bad news is he's out. He's okay. Damn it. And the Inquirer has learned exclusively that Pearson has never had a DNA test to find out if Dolly's son is his or the ex-president's. I think they should do that on Mari. I think they should do that on Passions. And then, of course, what's-her-name can always fake the results of the test because uh, Eve is going to threaten her with uh, whatever. Pearson decided to come forward with his sensational disclosures after years of humiliation at the hands of his wife's famous lover, who the betrayed husband claims did little to hide his hot and heavy affair with Dolly. The lawyer insists that Clinton's brazen adultery destroyed his life. He told the Inquirer that over the years, the anguish caused by his wife's affair with Clinton robbed him of his marriage, his family, his self-esteem, his partridge in his pear tree, and devastated his professional life. In a steady downward spiral, he went from prosperity to near poverty. Today he's alone, rarely works, and lives off his meager savings in a Dallas motel. How do you like that? I'm convinced if Billa had stopped seeing Dolly, we could have made our marriage work, but she was so distracted by him that we never had a chance, said Pearson. I've never been able to recover from the heartache I suffered from Dolly's affair with Bill Clinton. There have been times when I've just been so low I wanted to stop living altogether. Pearson met and married Dolly after she divorced her first husband, by whom she had three daughters. Dolly told him on the next page, she'd been Clinton's lover, he said, but had no idea the affair was still going on. I knew that Bill Clinton and my wife were involved because we were ever, uh, before we were ever married because she would boast about it and rub it in my nose constantly, Pearson recalled. She'd rub it in his puss. Dolly used to brag that Bill was very well endowed and that they would sometimes have sex four times in one hour. How do you like that? Squirt, 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 squirt. Huh? What's wrong with having an impotent president, huh? She said they'd secretly meet in Little Rock and have steamy sex till the early morning hours. Sometimes she'd brag they'd even do it in the back seat of her car. Hearing stories about her sex with Bill was very hurtful, but every time it came up, so to speak... She promised me that the relationship was over, and like a fool, I believed her, he said. Pearson struggled to deny the awful truth of his wife's adultery, even though he found much of her behavior hard to explain. Her frequent trips to Little Rock and her contacts with Bill Clinton made him uncomfortable. At the time, between 1979 and 1980, I was a prominent attorney in Dallas, and Governor Clinton was referring some civil cases to me from Little Rock, Pearson recalled, but I didn't want to believe that the governor of Arkansas, the same man who appeared to be trying to further my career, was also having an affair with my wife. Oi! On October 13, 1980, when I won a very large case for the client he had referred to me, Bill sent me a letter on Arkansas Governor's Stationery that read, Thank you for all your help. I'll never forget it. 
Yeah, I bet he never forgot it because Dolly's trips to Little Rock had become as frequent as three and four times a month, he says. A source close to the family says it was the birth of Dolly's son, Anthony, 20 years ago, that forced Pearson to face the painful truth about his marriage. Over several years, family and friends began to express doubts about the baby's paternity, noting that Clinton and Dolly had had sexual relations frequently around the time that Anthony was conceived. Then finally, Pearson himself became suspicious. Things really went from bad to worse after Anthony was born, the source told the Inquirer. In the 18-month span prior to Anthony's birth, Dolly was traveling as much as four times a month to Little Rock, where she and Bill would meet secretly at the Camelot Inn and spend evenings in the throes of passion. I think they were just watching reruns of passion. Paul grew extremely frustrated that Dolly was abandoning their family to spend so much little time in Little Rock, but he really loved her and couldn't convince her to uh, stop. Whenever Dolly was at home, Paul said she'd practically ignore him and their children and was constantly complaining that their sex life had all but stopped. Then, several years after Anthony was born, the rumors people were telling Paul about Dolly's affair with Bill finally began to sink in. By 1985, Paul knew all the tour details of Dolly's affair with Bill, and he'd started to question whether Anthony was actually his biological son. And the story goes on and on. I'll let you go out and buy it, okay, in the Inquirer. But on page 35, here are the pictures. Can you spot the resemblance? How young Anthony Pearson left above and below, matched up against young Bill throughout the years. And it's got those pictures, and uh, quite frankly... Yeah. Oh, man. That's him. Is it a match? It's a match, and the uh, board doesn't go back. And the board just uh, freezes in uh, psychotic anticipation. Goes nuts. So go out and buy the Inquirer. Believe me, you'll, you'll love uh, seeing the pictures and you'll love reading about Bubba, as if this is some great surprise. And like I said, if Jesse Jackson can have a stinking love child, how come Bubba can't have a love child, huh? And I'll guarantee if he ditches that bitch, that uh, Dyke Swillery, it'd be the best thing that ever happened in his life, you know? Oh, man. Party. Who gets the house, though? She can have it. Yeah, she can have it. 11 past 11 at 560 WQM. We got the Mad Dog, Jim Mandich at 1, Hank at 3, and then uh, from there it goes downhill steadily. You know, if you're tired of hassles with your cellular service, tired of that $50 a month plan that you thought you purchased, which winds up costing you hundreds of dollars a month, then get on the team with Team Celtech at Celtech Communications, your authorized Nextel representative. For over 25 years, Celtech's been providing South Florida with the best service. They take the hassle away from dealing with a cellular company, not to mention the expense. Right now, Nextel's shared rewards plan allows you to share 4,000 monthly minutes with free incoming calls for only $54.99. Let me say it again, $54.99. Celtech has got a great selection of other plans, no matter what your budget, with most including free incoming calls, nationwide long distance, caller ID, voicemail, and Nextel's unique Direct Connect 2A radio feature. So whether it's one or a thousand phones, take it from me and our very own superstar, Jay Fiedler, who's the spokesman here. He's all over the place. Celtech Communications, your authorized Nextel representative, is the only way to go. Call 1-800-CELTECH-2 today and get connected. That's 1-800-CELTEC and the number 2. Celtech Communications, keeping us from Mark Light Stadium. Coverage oh. is underway at 7 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. There's no facts in, in the church. We now go live to the Vatican. Welcome to the Cardinals' Vatican meeting. Please step inside and shut the door so we can begin. All right, let's bring out the boys! I was going to play that Don Cox thing again, but, you know, why bother? Party. Yeah. Don't you think it's like rubbing it in? I do. 
Chattanooga, Tennessee, a college student allegedly shot and killed his parents and sister after a dispute over credit card debt he'd run up, authorities said. <laughs> Peter Bullington, 24, was charged yesterday with three counts of first-degree murder and the deaths of his father, Nigel, 50, mother, Gerardinia, 49, and that's uh, her name, Gerardinia, and sister, Amanda, 22. All three were shot to death Saturday in the family's home in Appison, an affluent community about 20 miles east of Chattanooga. Sheriff John Cup said Peter Bullington told investigators there was a family discussion about his spending on the uh, family's credit cards. He went upstairs, got his father's gun, came back downstairs, and shot him in the kitchen area. And there's nothing worse than getting shot, more more painful than getting shot in the kitchen area. Especially by the sink. Oh, my God. The only thing worse than getting shot in the kitchen area is getting shot in the... Rectum. Cup said Peter Bullington, a psychology student at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, had maxed out credit cards, spending more than five grand, and he said the family was having financial problems. All three victims have been shot multiple times. I guess they won't be complaining about it anymore. Cup said Peter Bullington told investigators that after shooting his family, he changed his clothes, drove to another area, discarded the gun. Investigators recovered the weapon, Cup said. So obviously he did just as good a job as Robert Blake in hiding the uh, piece. Nice going there, son. Unbelievable. College students out of control. Well, I just shook my thing, and I'm not really sure whether it's working or not. It seems to be helping a little bit. I shook my ink thing up. Good. That's the only cartridge But aren't you supposed to do that only like at the end when it's run out of ink? That's what works with this one. I don't know what you have up there. <laughs> Taurus. I don't know. There's just uh, there's something a little. I'll, I'll get some new ones, okay? I'll call today. On my tab, by the way, Bob Vermouth, don't worry. I know the company's really strapped right now. I know times are tough. On my tab, don't worry about it. I'll tell you, that poll is going hot and heavy, and the, the um, don't like the tone people have switched over to the uh, no calls thing. You can always tell when all of a sudden there's an enormous flurry. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. George and I can both see when there's like a gigantic flurry all for the same category on a poll. But that's okay. Have a good time. What do you dislike most about Neil's show? Nothing. It's fine. 97. Nothing. I like it better than ever. 73. No phone calls, 59, which wasn't really doing all that big before, but now it's up, well, it's still only 60, less than 16%. Don't like the tone of the show, 54. Don't like that tone. Yeah. 54 people said that. Too much reading, 27. Too many priest stories, 25. Not enough comedy bits, 19. Too many comedy bits, 10. And Go Leaf Score, 10. Oh! Which was a late addition on there. Just for all my Leaf fans out there. What's there? We could put Go Sens Go to be a fair equal time for the Senator fan, no. but we won't. Oh, and speaking of hockey fans, oh, my gosh, I'm watching that uh, Montreal game in Carolina yesterday, that sad performance as the Canadians folded up after their coach blew the game the other night. But I'm going to tell you something. Carolina. Now, now, see, you're always talking about North Carolina and how much you love it. And, right. Well, this is in um, Raleigh. Okay. Where they play, I, believe. I love the mountains, Raleigh? by the way. Yeah, I've been there. I beg your pardon? I love the mountains. Of North Carolina, where there are no people. That's what I like about it. Uh, See, they started their franchise, Carolina, which is the most vulgar franchise in all of sports, besides uh, the South Florida baseball team in Montreal. But they started the franchise in Greensboro because the new arena wasn't ready yet. And then they said, oh, when we move to Raleigh, the permanent facility there, it's going to be the uh, greatest. I just want to make sure it's in Raleigh, okay? I don't want to get this wrong. Let's see. Where's the story about the... Uh... Where's the story about the uh, thing there? Uh, they don't even have a damn... Uh... Oh, jeez. What kind of crap is this? It's in Raleigh. So the first couple of playoff games at home, they couldn't even sell them out, Carolina. That's what a great hockey town and sport. Hey, I mean, what do they know about hockey? They don't know about nothing. Nothing. So, so now, of course, they're all on the bandwagon. They're in the second round. they got a three games to two lead on Montreal. They're one game away from advancing to the uh, next round, the conference finals. And I, I noticed a shot in the crowd 
They showed his big, fat, tubby, typical rednecky looking guy, and it looks like uh, Buford Pusser, you know, that kind of looking guy. And I thought to myself, oh, they can't all look like that, all 18,000-plus people in the stands there. They can't all be a bunch of mugwumps. So late in the game, they actually, uh, the camera, they, they had some time, and they, like, panned the crowd. Even the young people look like that. I mean, everybody looks like that, like they, like the people from Nashville, like they uh, were hatched in a uh, in a cave somewhere out of a, out of a big old egg. That's them. Yeah, that's them. All right, North Carolina man, hockey town, my ass. What a what a joke. Carolina Hurricanes, my ass. But they're gonna win. It looks like because Canadians have folded up. They folded up their tent. Cincinnati airport terminal evacuated. Hebron, Kentucky. That sounds like a Jewish thing, don't it? Hebrew, Kentucky. I thought Hebron was in Israel. It is. Uh, Hebron, Kentucky. Police evacuated the main terminal at Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport for three hours on Sunday after a passenger tried to board a plane with a cigar cutter in his boot. When a screener at a security checkpoint found the small knife, the man ran into a secure area of the terminal, said Kathleen Bergen, a spokesman for the U.S. Department of Transportation. The terminal, which handles 92% of the airport's traffic, was shut down at 9, 10 a.m., and the three concourses were evacuated and searched. All reopened by 12, 10 p.m., passengers were allowed back in after being rescreened. Passengers on the 10 flights that left the airport during the evacuation were screened upon arrival at their destination. And you know what the investigation turned out when they finally got a hold of this guy? A cigar cutter? And what else do you think he had? Here's the clue. Cigars? Dion Warwick. No. Mar- marijuana? There you go. How do you like that, huh? Oi! The wacky weed. That's why he ran like hell. I don't think most of us would run if we, you know, brought a cigar cutter in our luggage for, you know, absentmindedly. No, not me. But he had the wicked weed. He had the wacky weed in there. Now, what is this thing you just faxed me about sex scandals in the American presidency? Is this worthwhile? I don't really think so. It'll kill some good time someday when we have nothing else, but we got lots today. we got lots of crap today, baby. And, of course, any day that we run out of stuff like that, we can open the phone and say, hey, give us a call, 5-6-7, but we're not today. You want to take one call? (laughs) Do I want to? Well, no, I'll take one. It says 63 people on there are uh, dislike most of the fact we don't take any calls. How about one call? You think that'll pacify? No. Well, let's give it a shot. Five six seven oh five sixty. There's the raspberry guy right there. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's give it a shot. WQAM. Hello. Yes, sir. Oh my God. Yes. It's Neil. And it's you. It sounds just like you. How are you, Neil? I'm doing great. How about you, sir? Not as well as you, I'm sure. Right. Well, I don't know. Congratulations on your new format. Thank you. How do you like it? It's working fine. <laughs> well, that's good. No complaints, huh? No morons on the phone. Right. Did you call for, like, a particular purpose or just because I said we take a call? That's why. Okay. Well, have a great day, sir, and thanks Thank for you. a wonderful call. Thank you. See, that was painless. <laughs> that guy sounds like he's crapping his pants. He is in a state of shock. Not only was it Neil, but he actually took my call. Or is it the other way around? Something like that. How do you like them apples? Oh, God. Now, I said we'd take like one or two. Now, all these uh, Miguel's put them all on hold there. I, you know, I don't, I mean, after that, that didn't quite, and all, I mean, he was okay. I'm not going to put that guy down, but he was, uh, I don't know. Do you think that added a lot to, <laughs> a lot to the show? No. Well, let's give one more shot, okay? One more try. QAM, hello. Neil. Now see that that's that one's not going to be on. <laughs> you, you can just tell, you know what I'm saying? That that's all no, I, I needed from saying. that. That was the first one that called, by the way, on line five. Oh, that was the first. Well, one but I'm, I'm just saying, all I had to do was hear the way he said my name, and I knew he could not possibly be on his show. There, there's no way. 
Just One Word. Remember that song by Doris Troy, Just One Word? No. I think that's going to be on a playlist on uh, Magic. No. Just One Look by Doris Troy better be on there, or I'm going to come down and steal Rick Shaw's cap, okay? You clowns. And don't be picking on my friend Rick Shaw. He's not the problem. That PD, that Bob, uh, what's his name? Asshole. You Remember what happened to Alexander Hamilton? He got shot. WQAM. Hello? Yo! Yes, sir. Now, what was that? That There it was. What was it? Exactly what you heard. A, a yo and a hang-up. WQAM. Good morning. Yes, sir. I just wanted to let you know that I'm uh, in my early 30s, and I'm a gay man, but that's neither here nor there. No, it's not. <laughs> we want more phone calls, baby. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God! I tell you, I hit the mother load just like Diana said in network. We struck the mother load, boy. Okay, you can get rid of all those other callers now, Miguel. You can just uh, or just let them hang on. They can they can hang on, and then maybe if the mood strikes me, but I sure doubt it. I might go back and take some more of those really nifty calls. I mean, that was uh, special. Just like the corn in Deliverance, that sure was special, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know what it, to say. It, it worked for me. It was uh, phenomenal. Added tons to my show. So let's see. 64, no calls. Okay, well, I guess they must have enjoyed that. There you go. I want to please everybody. You can't please the whole world, but I'm trying to do the best I can, you know? Please at least like 5% of the audience out there. 26 past 11 at 560. Of course, we could have had the crow call in, you know, and do some Ristus' stuff and the... Uh, I heard him for a couple minutes this weekend. I thought I'd pee my pants. I mean, how can we possibly have him? Oh, that's right. He's got a cult following. I forgot. I'll tell you a product that's got a gigantic growing following, and that's Champion Light. And guess what the good news is? What? You got some. Yeah, I got it. I got some. Oh! And Champion Light, too. That's right. My frigid air is full of it. And the Champion Light also. So if you want to get yourself a great-tasting sports drink that's good-tasting and good-free at the same time, this is really your only choice. Gatorade's loaded with sugar, it's loaded with carbohydrates, it's loaded with all the stuff that you're trying to get rid of when you work out. Champion Light has none of that crap. It's got all the electrolytes you need after a workout, and it's also got no sugar, no calories, no carbohydrates, no caffeine, no crap. To make a long story short, it's just a fantastic product you'll enjoy a lot. And now it's available in six delicious new and improved flavors, too. Orange, lemon, lime, grapefruit, punch, black raspberry, and, or blue raspberry, whatever the hell they call it. And what's the other one? Lemonade. And don't forget, P.D. Lenny sends me 75 different messages today, so let me make sure I can decipher this correctly. You can sample the all-new Champion Light flavors this Saturday for free by joining Dolphins quarterback Jay Fiedler at the new Walmart Superstore. He's everywhere now, Jay. He's just all over the place. Join Jay Fiedler at the new Walmart, 3801 Turtle Creek Drive in Coral Springs, 1030 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon this Saturday, and say, hey, Jay, give me some and some Champion Light, too. Or if you'd like to find out the store nearest you that carries it, just look up their impressive website at Champion Light, L-Y. Weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Yank it, baby. From the director of Celebrity Boxing. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. Tanya Harding and Halle Berry star in Celebrity Car Crashing. I like to do those kind of things. Let's rumble. <laughs> Celebrity Car Crashing. Eleven thirty-two at five sixty WQM. Happy Monday to you. Not a bad day. How's it there? About one hundred and fifty degrees in the shade. At the moment, it'll get hotter. 
Do you know, everybody I talk to there has got one thing on their mind, and that is the story that I mentioned last week was in a paper a few days ago about the fact that it's going to be maybe the hottest summer on record in South Florida. It's going to be just uh, un- unbearable. Right. Unbearable. And I mentioned to Miguel before the show started today while you were out taking one of your 14 craps, the fact that once it gets to Easter and pa- Passover, did I mention this already on the year because I lose track? Yeah, you mentioned it. Oh, well, let me mention it again. Because of the heat and the humidity, nobody who can afford to get out of there stays there. I mean, the snowbirds leave, and everybody else leaves, too, if they can if they can afford to go someplace else, like here or anywhere. I mean, good golly, Miss Molly. Just going to be, well, anyway, I don't want to rub it in, because the weather here is nothing to write home about. But in Amsterdam, oh! it looks pretty good, at least in the, uh, the Telegraph. How's my friend Hans doing out there? I have a terrible story. I guess I should find it now. I hate to do it. Two bad stories in a week from Amsterdam. Two violent stories, which is pretty unusual. Here it is. Blast rips apart car in the Netherlands. We just tell it like it is. We let the chips fall where they may, okay? The Schmidt fall where it may. Brunsum, Netherlands. An explosion ripped apart a car in front of the house of a local politician in southern Netherlands on Saturday, five days after the lead of a national political movement was shot to death. No one was injured in the blast, which severely damaged a car belonging to the wife of another politician, a city alderman in Brunsum near the German border and about 12 miles from the Dutch city of Maastricht. Police said the explosive may have been a grenade. The politician was identified as Jay Steiner of the local Christian Democratic Party. Steiner told police he feared the motive was political and requested police security, the national broadcasting company NOS reported. Last summer, the car of Brunson's mayor was set on fire. A suspect was never found, and police were investigating whether the two attacks could be linked. The attack came five days after Dutch politician Pim Fortune was assassinated in a parking lot after finishing a radio interview. Police have charged a 32-year-old Dutchman with a killing but have not found a motive. The attack in Brunson seemed to be unrelated. How do you like that? They're out of control in the Netherlands. A lot of crazy people. That's the bottom line. Crazy people everywhere who don't know the difference, basic difference, like I said last week, between right and wrong, between killing people or trying. Like that punk kid Luke Helder Schmelder, whatever, Helder Skelder, whatever his name is. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah, Luke Helder Skelder. Well, we have to find out what was troubling him, and we have to examine his motives, and we have to examine the writings and and the happy face and see the symbolism. Yeah, right, right. Anybody 21 years, and then they're interviewing the teachers again. It's been on CNN. You know, CNN, you people over there should croak a wicked death, okay? I can't stand except for Bill Hummer. He's a good guy and used to look pretty good without the makeup. But, I mean, what what a network that is. The crap news network, CNN. And they got that Paula on there asking these stupid, idiotic, insipid questions. And then we got Wolf Blitzkrieg interviewing Yeser Amafart. Uh, you know, it would, if they could bring Hitler back, if they found he was still alive, I could just see tonight. Wolf Blitzer interviews Adolf Hitler, says, are you still going to be a meanie or are you going to be a nice guy and work for peace, you know? What, what kind of crap is that? CNN is for people who got like the, the intellect of a three-year-old, which is why I watch it. Joliet, weren't those calls something that was, boy. I think I'm coming down with something after hearing those calls. <laughs> oh, we missed the calls, Neil. That's, that's what made the show right. That's what made it unbearable. That's what made it terminal. That's what made it freaking ponderous and unacceptable. In the past two months, 10 of about 200 priests affiliated with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Joliet, Illinois, have been... Now, if I can read this, this has got to be the smallest printing that you just faxed me a little while ago. Did you take a look at this? It's pretty small. Man. Have been suspended or have resigned amid allegations of sexual misconduct with minors, giving the suburban diocese one of the highest percentages in the nation of priests removed from their ministry since the national clergy sexual abuse scandal broke in January, according to the Chicago Sometimes Analyzation of Reported Cases finding. 
By comparison, the Archdiocese of Chicago, which took steps to deal with sexual abuse by minors of priests decades ago, or a decade ago, has removed one of its nearly 950 active diocese priests from its ministry since January because of allegations of sexual abuse. In other words, only one out of 950, but in Joliet, 10 out of 200, which is 120th, which is 5%. In the Cleveland Diocese, which has 480 diocesan priests, 11 have been removed, which, what's uh, that, one, uh, about 2%? Okay. Yeah. I yeah, I'm good that. on that math, baby. I'm sharp. The I'm rest not. of this, if you think I'm going to try to read the rest of this teeny, if the audience could see it, they'd say, holy crap, that old guy still got good eyesight in spite of all that fish food and that Estes uh, turtle. Man. You'd have to have a goddamn telescope to read that crap. Too much reading, Neil. That's the problem. Oh, let's take some more great calls. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, or let's put on uh, CNN. You're gonna make it that's another one of those shows that everybody raved about. Mary Tyler Moore show. Hated it. Though I don't dislike her. I mean, she's okay. I can take her or leave her. She's all right. She never stole a freight train. But I just hated that show. I didn't like Dick Van Dyke. I can't stand him. He makes me sick to my stomach. Do you think he's funny? No, I don't. Never did. Hate, hated Dick. Didn't like Van that show Dyke. either, now that you mention it. Ed Asner? Never got it. Yeah. Never got that show. Ooh. It's just, just not a funny show. And you know who else was on that show? I I think it was that show. It was Rose Marie. Wasn't she on there? I think she was. Stick to Hollywood Squares, honey. I'm sure she's got to be dead. Well, I get so excited when they have the Hollywood Squareses on there now, the ones with the all-dead panels. That's great. Glenn Ford and Charlie Weaver and Paul Lind and just a whole bunch of dead folks. Here's that story about Hillary, which I think you're going to find shocking. It wasn't bad enough we had the story. And, of course, that Bubba thing, if that comes out to be true, this could really throw a monkey wrench into her plans. You know what? Hill for Veep in 2004, question mark. This is in the New York Daily News. Idea of Senator in number two spot generating a quiet buzz, it says. She has promised unequivocally not to run for president in 2004. But what if Democrats want Senator Hillary Clinton for Veep instead? The idea is being peddled quietly by some Democratic power brokers, including her husband, Bill Clinton, that philandering douchebag that we all love. Sources say that when he's asked whether his wife might just run for president in 2004, Hillary's booster-in-chief talks her up as the bottom half of a Democratic dream ticket. I think she'd make a better vice presidential candidate, Bubba said. Karen Dunn, Hillary Clinton's spokeswoman, will only say that her boss has said repeatedly that she'll serve out her full six-year term in the Senate. Don't they always all say that? Always. Yeah, we don't believe it. But other Democrats were less circumspect. She'll probably be at the top of the list, said political consultant Tom O'Donnell, former top aide to a likely 2004 presidential candidate, House Minority Leader Richard Gebhardt, Democrat of Missouri, who you can't complain about his personality because he doesn't have one. She's got a pretty good following, O'Donnell added. Damn good fundraiser. I think she'd be a damn good asset, whoever the nominee will be. Damn it. He said damn about 16 times in there. Just like Tom Jick in that voicemail who said goddamn over and over again. Can you believe little Tom Jicka, good, nice, uh, bald-headed guy like him, saying goddamn on the radio? A senior Republican official agreed she'd add a tremendous amount of energy to the ticket, the official said. The left-wing women's groups, Hollywood the unions, they'd love it. A well-connected Democratic political operative told the Daily News that former First Lady would be a resounding plus for the ticket and a particularly good match with Gebhardt or Senator John Edwards, Democrat of North Carolina, who's made no secret of his intention to run. He wants to be president. Another southern mugwump. Well, he's, he's not a mugwump, but he's just, I don't know. You ever see him? No. He's just a guy. Lingering bad blood from the 2000 presidential campaign, however, probably rule out an Al Gore-Hillary Clinton tandem. 
Hillary's still angry that Gore criticized her husband's scandals, Democratic sources said. They don't talk much, said a Clinton insider, and evidently she hasn't read the inquiry yet, I said. Hillary Clinton would be a polarizing figure for the GOP base, which loves to hate her but wouldn't vote Democratic anyway, and her presence on the ticket would give Republicans a potential opening to resurrect the scandal baggage that plagued both Clintons during their White House years. But Hillary Clinton brings assets that no one else on the party's radar screen can touch, star power and fundraising prowess. She quickly raised more than $1.6 million for the political action committee she opened soon after the 2000 election, and she's handed out checks to the Democratic House and Senate candidates across the country. She's also in heavy demand as a fundraiser for her congressional and party colleagues and my colleague Adam Kirshner. Political service say Clinton would get a pass from her 2000 campaign pledge to serve her full six-year term, made in the context of whether she'd run for president if she were tapped for the number two spot. If the ticket lost, she'd still keep her Senate seat and could be well-positioned for a presidential run in 2008. Which she, are these people dreaming or what? Man, like I said, forfeit. Just put up the big sign there, forfeit. I mean, do you have any idea how many people hate her like poison? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, and the only reason she won so big in New York was because Gore won New York in a gigantic landslide, so she got sucked in by the coattails, you know. But she was like barely ahead of that little twerp. What was that guy from Long Island that she ran against? Oh, out of sight, out of mind. He was a little that twerp. little twerpy guy. And she, he was about. barely a couple points ahead of him. It was nip and tuck until the night of the election when Gore won, uh, you know, New York by 80 trillion votes, and she got sucked in. 20 till noon at 560 WQAM. Hey, don't get sucked in with some of those ads in the yellow pages for carpet cleaning places because almost all of them are a scam. They give you that per room special deal, you know, and then at the end of the job they add on all kinds of extra cash, all kinds of extras that you weren't expecting and it winds up costing you an arm and a leg. Dry Concepts never does that because they do it the fair way, the honest way. They give you a written guaranteed price before they roll up their sleeves and start doing the job. And then they give you the most incredible job of carpet cleaning available to man because they dry clean your carpets like I've been telling you for years, which I've used them in my house for over 20 years. They suck out even the deepest down dirt in the fibers of your carpets. Even Linda Lovelace would be impressed by the way they suck out that dirt. Your colors stay more vivid and vibrant and your carpets will feel softer to the touch and they smell lemony fresh as well. They stay cleaner longer, which makes them last longer too and they're dry in just a couple of hours. So all the way around, you can't beat the fantastic job the dry concepts do on your floor. Treat yourself and your carpets to a spring cleaning today in Broward. Call 954-370-7778. That's 954-370-7778. In Dayton, Palm Beach, you can call them toll-free. The number is 1-800-248-5071. 1-800-248-5071. Please tell them that Neil told you to call. Don't forget, clean today. You can entertain tonight when you do it with dry carpets. Overnights on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Q- Q- Will you fudge packing? Yes. They want us to find a way to reimburse them for back pay. No! From 200 years ago when they were slaves. Well, I only have a mobile home. A pit bull and a pinch of skull. So if you wanna ask me how, here's what I gotta say. You've got to kiss a nigger good morning. And tell him that you're sorry for enslaving them all. Kiss a nigger good morning. I wanna give you a kiss. And that's for everybody who is dead and gone. Eight bucks. If I was born in 1802, owning slaves ain't something I'd do. 
But what were dead people did to you, I have to take the blame. Would you settle for an old Pontiac with a can of smelly cherry in back? Instead of 40 acres and a mule, I have a better way. You've got to guess a nigger good morning. Plant one on Halle Ferry, Morgan Freeman, too. Yes, a nigger, good morning. And that's your restitution for enslaving you. Yes, a nigger, good morning. And tell them that you're sorry for enslaving them all. You got, yes, a nigger, good morning. And that's for everybody who is dead and gone. 1146 at 560 WQA. Happy Monday to you. Here's a fact that says your show is 100% better without calls. I can actually learn something while at work. The only thing I ever learn from your callers is the rule of 21. Rule of 21 is 20 out of every 21 people are morons. Absolutely correct. There you go. Good point. 421 votes on our survey already today. A 21. staggering response. What? You said 21. Like I said, the rule of 421. See how see he's uh, very attentive today. I'm not really sure why. I think he's still a little bit nervous, is what it is. Uh-huh. He's still like on pins and needles. What are you talking right about? On the edge of a seat. Miguel told me you're sitting like right on the edge of the seat. I always do. Of course, Miguel, you haven't worked with him long enough to understand what that means. <laughs> yeah, there's more coming from what he dropped this morning. Anyway, what do you uh, dislike most about Neil's show? We asked. Nothing. It's fine. 106. That's 25.1 percent. Uh, nothing. I like it better than ever. 85. Another 20 percent. How do you like that, huh? We got a pretty happy audience, it sounds like to me, and especially those great three or four calls I took. Those were sensational. Man. But no phone call, 68. Don't like the tone, 54. They kind of like eased off on that. They backed off, you notice? Yeah. Too many pre-stories, 29. Too much reading, 29. Not enough comedy bits, 21. Go Leafs Go, 16, eh? And uh, too many comedy bits, 13. Uh, Sucking win in last place. Anybody would say too many comedy bits. They're just the people don't like Boca, uh, what's his name? Boca Brian. Speaking of what's his name, Robert Blake flips out. His family and friends are worried he's going to kill himself. You familiar with this story? Nope. Are you familiar with Gay Scandal Rocks the Spice Girls? No. They're gay? There you go. Got some good stuff here for you. All right. Can't wait. Both from the Inquirer, I should point out. I'll tell you, the Inquirer is great. The other tabloids, you know, if it's like for fun and games, you want to kill some time on a plane like I do, get the other tabloids and diddle around with them, you know. But but if you want to learn something that's actually uh, once in a while pretty true, <laughs> in fact, look at this. Inquirer evidence keeps Blake in jail. This huh. is shocking. I hadn't even seen this. It's like down in the bottom corner of this story. Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Lloyd Nash has allowed prosecutors to introduce blockbuster evidence obtained by the Inquirer in the Robert Blake murder case. Last year, the Inquirer handed over to detectives shocking audio tapes that Blake's frightened wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley, recorded before her murder, detailing threatening conversations she had with the Beretta star. The Inquirer also gave police handwritten letters from Bakley to Blake that document their troubled marriage. The transcript of one conversation in which Blake confronted Bakley in 1999 was presented inside the Van Nuys, California courtroom as part of a 60-page prosecution motion opposing Blake's release on bail on first-degree murder charges. The motion mentioned that the tapes have been provided by the Inquirer. In the 1999 conversation, Blake told Bakley, you deliberately got pregnant. For the rest of your life, you'll have to live with that, and for the rest of my life, I'll never forget it. After the court hearing, reporters from newspapers and TV stations scrambled for copies of the transcript 
but Enquirer readers were way ahead of them. They knew all about the Blockbuster recordings when we first reported the details exclusively in our May 29, 2001 issue. After reviewing the tapes and letters, Judge Nash denied Blake bail. How do you like that? Oh! Huh? The Enquirer is doing it, man. If we can just get the Enquirer to nab O.J. and put his nasty ass away once and for all, then, then we really hit the jackpot. Anyway, it says that Robert Blake is flipping out inside his tiny jail cell, throwing fits, screaming, crying, complaining constantly, and saying he'll kill himself rather than spend the rest of his life behind bars. You know what he wants most in that jail is what I'm hearing? I give up. A cockatoo. Mm -hmm. Oh, you remember Beretta? I remember. Blake is going nuts in inside of the Inquirer. He's having a total breakdown. He's complaining he can't sleep, can't eat, can't read. He's driving the jailers crazy. He's got a new complaint every few minutes. He told the jailers, I can't lie on this uh, about the old mattress. He said, maybe I ought to call dial a mattress. There you go, Bobby. They deliver. There's an idea for you. He said, I'm a frail old man. This is inhumane treatment. It's gotten to the point that when he starts screaming for something, the guards just ignore him. They let him scream for a long time before they even acknowledge him. They're fed up with him. He's barely eating. He's already lost weight. The guards have snickered that he sure acted like a tough guy before he got there, and now suddenly he's a frail old man. They believe he's just trying anything he can to think of, uh, to get out of there, but his screaming is making them ignore him, so the more he fights it, the worse things get for him. People involved in the investigation believe that if he thinks he's going to spend the rest of his life behind bars, he's going to find a way to kill himself. How do you like that, huh? <coughs> the former movie star now spends his days locked in an 8-by-10-foot cell in the 7100 high-power module of the Men's Central Jail in Los Angeles known as MCJ. Oh, did you hear his latest record, by the way, MCJ? No. He's wrapping it and hammering it. Instead of his tailor-made clothes, Blake is wearing an ill-fitting blue smock with MCJ on the back and blue pants, the source of the prison told the Inquirer. Boy, it's a good thing he's not wearing them checkered pants like South Florida. Instead of expensive shoes, he wears black slippers that inmates have to shuffle in to keep, on, to keep them on their feet. He has to wear a red plastic wristband signifying he's a high-security inmate. And he wears a white T-shirt and white boxer shorts with Los Angeles County Jail written on him. Oh, geez. He sleeps on a hard metal bunk with sheets and a blanket and no pillow. The cell has just a sink and a toilet without a seat. <laughs> oh, I hate those toilets without a seat, don't you? Uh, how can you... Uh, never mind. I guess very you uncomfortably. Want? You've never uh, taken a squat on a toilet without a seat? No. I can't imagine. Well, in other words, the answer is yes. How about Miguel? Have you ever taken a crap on a toilet with no seat? No. Well, what's wrong with you guys, man? Well, Miguel's I mean, never every even now and then taken you go a crap into a place like a restaurant or something. You go in and a seat has been busted or whatever. It's like uh, sitting off to the side, and you got nothing but a, a nice porcelain bust there. Oh, hey. cold. Changed cold, off. but it's a good it's a good way to learn balancing, man. Delicate balancing, so you don't like your ass don't fall right in. Blake is in a cell in front of where the guard sits so they can constantly, constantly see into his cell through a window in the door. They're keeping Blake away from the other inmates in high power, many of whom are dangerous gang members who would kill him in just a minute just to make a name for themselves. Blake has to eat every meal in his cell. He doesn't like the food. One night he had beans and hot dogs for dinner and cold cuts on a roll for lunch and oatmeal for breakfast. He gets to shower every other day and will get clean underwear, sheets, and towels once a week. Clean underwear once a week. Woo! Another prison source told the Inquirer that when Blake first arrived after being charged with killing his wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley, he was shaking and crying. I'm scared what they're going to do to me, he cried. He didn't look anything like the cocky actor who used to tell funny stories on The Tonight Show with his old buddy, Johnny Carson. 
Blake freaked out when he was forced to uh, strip for an intimate physical examination, said the prison source. He began to shake in terror as the enormity of what he was facing hit him. He realized that for all intents and purposes, his life is over. Oh! The Inquirer learned that in the time of despair, Blake has reached out to his old pal, Johnny Carson, like I just mentioned only moments ago. Blake calls him collect from the jail. Blake is despondent and has told Johnny that he's been on a suicide watch, said a source close to Carson. Johnny told Blake to remember he's innocent until proven guilty and assured him he can make it through these trying times. Johnny lifts his spirits like no one can. Maybe Ed McMahon calls. You think Ed calls like uh, they get on a, like a conference call? And, Ed and when, and when Blake picks up the phone and he goes, here's Johnny, you know, just to cheer him up a little bit and Johnny comes on. <laughs> you think they do that? No, I don't. At a May 1st court appearance, Blake was denied bail, and incredibly, that came as a great relief to his close friends and family. Robert's family and friends are worried sick that he's going to kill himself, said a family source. His daughter, Delina, and pals don't want him released on bail. They say he's not at risk of fleeing. He's at the risk of committing sausages. Blake phoned a pal from jail and was nervous and babbling. His buddy is really worried because even before he was arrested, Blake had told him he'll never go to jail and how he'd kill himself before that happened. Well, better late than never. See, you don't want that. You think he's a good guy. I don't think he's a good guy. I think he should just get life or whatever. Gay scandal rocks Spice Girls. Oi! The Spice Girls have been plunged into a gay scandal by shocking allegations about the intimate relationship between Mel B. and Jerry Hallowell. You know, now that I think of it, Jerry Hallowell, she's pretty butch-looking, you know what? I never noticed. She makes me sick. She did It's Raining Men, which definitely didn't need to be redone. Now, It's Raining Men, if you're going to do a video of that, it lends itself to having like a lot of hunky hot guys in there. And instead, she's busy showing off her hot new body after like uh, whatever the hell they did, you know, liposuction or whatever they did there. And like, uh, you know, who the hell wants to see her? She's a beast anyway. Yeah, let's hear the weather girls, okay? Instead of freaking Jerry Fallow, uh, Fallowell. Nice one. Get out of here. Yeah, that was pretty good talk. I can't even hear it. The feuding pair of enemies now, but at one time Mel B, Scary Spice, and Bad May Jerry were very close friends, says Mel's ex-hubby, Jimmy Gulzar. Jimmy made the lesbian charges in the documentary that Mel tried to have banned from broadcast on the BBC, eh? Her bitter ex has lifted the lid on what he calls the not-so-platonic relationship between his former wife and one-time Spice Girl Jerry, trumpeted a London newspaper. Oh, they, they love that stuff in London, man. Careful not to explicitly spell out the exact nature of their relationship, Jimmy tells viewers that the pair were as intimate as he was with Mel. Jimmy, who got divorced from the Spice Girl after 16 months, also told an interviewer that Mel and Jerry had a relationship with each other that goes deeper than a lot of people think. Really deep. Rumors about Jerry's sexuality have been swirling around the pop world for a long time. Divulged the music insider. She's never had a long-term boyfriend. She seemed closer to... Oh, wait till you hear this. She seemed closer to a British singer than anybody, and he's... Uh, you know who it is? No. George Michael. Oh. So people are bound to speculate. (laughs) But Jimmy's gone further than anybody in suggesting that Jerry had a gay relationship with Mel. It's shocking because Mel has always been seen as the sexiest Spice Girl, and there's never been a hint that she's bisexual. No wonder she wanted this English TV documentary banned. Since she went solo in 98, Jerry's raunchy stage antics have hit the headlines and sparked outrage at one London concert when she was licked, funneled, and kissed by her female dancers live on TV. Wild Child Jerry took a swipe at her old group when she performed a one-woman gig at a London gay club backed by look-alike spice drag queens. Last year, Jerry threw on more logs on the fire when she confessed she was going through a gay phase and admitted she found Jennifer Lopez curvy behind very sexy. Even Mel C., sporty spice, who boasts ten tattoos, has felt compelled to deny on several occasions that she's a dyke, says Mel C. The fact is, I'm not gay. How do you like that, huh? 
Who cares about them anyway? 1157 at 560 WQM. Hey, I'll tell you somebody who's not anything. He's just a horny bastard. And that's our good friend Jeff Cohen at Pizza Lob. Jeff was in there Friday bringing you a beautiful lunch, I'm sure. It was. It was a beautiful thing. Just then he can actually hoard his way under the air here. By the way, I'm not giving you my number up here, Jeff, so leave me alone, all right? Between you and Petey Linney, I don't want to be bugged. You're a great guy, a good friend, but go away. Anyway, Pizza Loft is home of the world's best pizzas, you know. They're located in the Pizza Loft Plaza, University Drive in Davie, between Griffin and 595. Tonight and every Monday is lasagna night at the loft. Tuesday's eggplant night. Buy one of these dinners on these nights. Get the second one for only five bucks. Wednesday, kids eat free with adults. They can see Jeff's famous magic show. Thursday's bike night at the loft. Come on a motorcycle, buy one dinner, get the second one for half price. Try it all, baby. The best garlic rolls in the world. Three different kinds of pizza. Great Italian chicken dishes and veal and seafood, calzones, super subs. And don't forget, coming very soon to the loft, a second opening, or the opening of a, how do you say that? A new location, right out there by me in West Broward in the uh, Plantation Acres area. Uh, Knob Hill and Sunrise, right behind Walgreens there. They're going to be opening a new pizza loft this summer. When do you say at the end of the summer? How do you say what? Yes. So anyway, for takeout or le- See, you're not keeping up, man. you got to go real fast to I keep up with to the bathroom. <laughs> for takeout or delivery or catering, call the pizza loft at 954-916-8880. 916-8880. Ocean Cadillac wants to know your name. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Neil, God. We're here live at the press conference for a moment from now. Uh, we will be getting some word on Mr. Blake's behalf regarding this case. We could not get uh, any statements from Attorney Braun at this point. Uh, however, we understand that a white cockatoo named Fred uh, best known for sitting on Mr. Blake's shoulder in the TV series Beretta. Okay, we see uh, Fred has entered the room and is about to uh, address the media here. Do you have any information where Mr. Blake might have been at the time of the murder? Uh, the bird has just mentioned something about filthy. Now, I'm not sure if that is uh, indicative of the condition of his cage at this point. Oh, but Fred, would you be willing to testify in court? The white cockatoo has just mentioned the word milky. Again, uh, something sort of non-sequitur, not really uh, directly related to this case. Uh, Brad D. Baker sometimes, did Mr. Blake ever get angry enough at you that you thought he would hurt you? Interesting. Bird had mentioned apparently uh, Robert Blake's goatee that he wore in the TV series back in early 1977 as a disguise. Is there anything else we need to know about Mr. Blake? The cockatoo has just made reference to Gale T, uh, perhaps a, a Miss Gale T, an old acquaintance of Mr. Blake, perhaps prior to meeting uh, Bonnie Lee Backley. Okay, and we get word that uh, Fred is hungry and, and must exit, so that is the end of this news conference. However, thanks to Fred's statements today, perhaps that will lead uh, investigators to answer some very perplexing questions regarding the nature of this, uh, this murder case. We'll take you back to headquarters in Washington now. Very sad. They just don't get it. I've spoken to a cockatoo in my time, and you know what? What? You know what he was really saying? What? Geldy. Trust me. Geldy, Geldy, talking on a sports show, trying to be macho. Your voice sounds just like a seven-year-old girl, a little sports whole show. What else are you there for? Guilty, guilty, talking like a baby who needs a little training. Why can't you understand? 
you don't sound like a man. Remove the rubber bands. That joke, your scrotum, Kelby. 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 Your lucky management don't care. Cause Kelby, you don't belong there on the air. And Kelby, the sports can't wait till your voice cracks. Cause anyone who sounds like that should find another job. And they should only take you back when both your BBs drop. Kelby, Kelby. When you're gonna grow up, you make us wanna throw up. You silly squeaky poo, go to broadcasting school. Your prepubescent voice makes you sound like a putz. Yes. You're a putz. Uh-huh. You're a putz. Yeah, the cockatoo was saying Goldie, and they just, uh, they just can't get it. 1205 at 560. You know, I did it again. I did it again. Speaking of guilty, can you believe it? No, what? I, I better get in the uh, swing of things. Hi, this is Steve Goldstein, oh. but you can call me Geldy. Whenever I'm in town, I listen to... Wait a minute, I am in town. It's the 12th to 1 hour. Stop! How could I have done that after all this time now? After let's, uh, We started that in January, right? Right. So this is like uh, four and a half months we've been doing this. Have I got it right yet? No. 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 I'll get it. Here's somebody who got it. Look at how old this man was. Joseph Joe Bananas Bonanno, notorious mafia leader, dead at 97. 97. How do you like them apples, huh? He died. Tucson. Joseph Bonanno, the notorious gangster known as Joe Bananas, who ran one of the most powerful mafia groups in the 1950s and 60s, died Saturday. He was 90 freaking 7. Bonanno, who retired to Arizona in 1968 and had suffered from several health problems in recent years, died of heart failure, said his attorney, Alfred Skip Donahoe. He said Bonanno died peacefully, surrounded by his family. Is that with the capital F? Bonanno was admitted to St. Mary's Hospital on Monday, and he literally just faded away, said Dr. David Van Asher, Bonanno's physician, since the late 1980s. He was an interesting guy. People were in contact with him at unswerving loyalty. Really incredible, Van Asher said. They would have done anything for him. He really engendered loyalty in people. In other words, sometimes he made an offer they couldn't refuse, I guess. <laughs> At the height of his power, Bonanno directed one of the five original crime families in New York City. The public knew him as Joe Bananas, a nickname he detested. By his own admission, he was a member of the commission, which acted as an organized crime board of directors in New York City and other major U.S. cities. He denied engaging in such unmanly activities as narcotics trafficking or prostitution, though authorities said otherwise. He's probably the first mafia godfather to die of natural causes, said A. Butler Yates III, who dealt with Bonanno while serving as U.S. attorney for Arizona until 1981. I don't think anybody back in the 50s and 60s ever thought that he was going to die of natural causes. Bonanno fell from grace during the 1960s, reputedly for trying to become the boss of bosses in what became to be known as the Banana War. The battle among the crime families resulted in his eventual exile to Tucson, where he was hanging out under the protection of the, what was the family? Oh, jeez. Don Vincenzo? Okay. Whatever, I, I, I don't remember that. Whatever they sent uh, Don Francisco, Don Francesco, whatever the hell it was, where they sent Fredo to Vegas. Right. To go see his buddy, Mo Green. His crime family anyway, Bonanno, still bears his name, though he maintained his 1983 autobiography that I'm not a father anymore and there is no Bonanno family anymore. Right. So did he, he have an no orange? Godfather. Did he have an orange Even in his hand? Even in his... What? Did he have an orange in his hand when he died? 
See, I pretended not to hear it. I Sorry. didn't hear it the first time. Even in his waning years, banana was and probably had one. Probably, no, I think a tangerine or a banana. Even in his waning years, Banana was unable to avoid the attention of prosecutors. In 1980, they succeeded in getting the only felony conviction against him for obstruction of justice for trying to block a federal grand jury investigating his sons. Evidence that led to the conviction was obtained by a narcotic strike force that stifled uh, that he stifled through his trash. What, what is it? Oh, that sifted. I'm sorry. Oh. Sifted through his trash for years. No excuse. A nice facts. A federal judge eventually reduced his five-year sentence to a year, and Bonanno served nearly eight months in Lexington, Kentucky, federal prison before being paroled in July 84. And it goes on about he served in this, he served in that. Bonanno appeared in 1983 on CBS TV 60 Minutes and collaborated in writing A Man of Honor, the autobiography of Joseph Bonanno, which came out the same year. In 1984, he sued his publisher for $18 million over what he said was a depiction of a cheap gangster on the cover of the paperback version. Bonanno was born, and yada, yada, yada. He was arrested numerous times, yada, yada. He was accused of transporting guns for Al Capone. Through his crime family established in the early 1930s, Bonanno rose to become a member of the commission. But he denied the mafia existed, writing in his book that the term refers to a process, a special set of relationships among when, men. When? I stay away from the term because it creates more confusion than it's worth, he said. He described himself in his book as a venture capitalist who invested in business with owners who invited him to become a partner because of his connections. He said prostitution, narcotics, extortion, and kidnapping were unmanly and restricted in Onico. He's dead. Joe Bananas is dead. Long live Joe Bananas. I'll tell you what's not dead. It's bigger than uh, Mary Tyler Moore and the $6 million man and Phyllis and Rhoda all put together. Yeah. Spider-Man. Boy. It says, now you know why they call him the Amazing Spider-Man, with $72 million in its second weekend, a number that would be a tremendous debut weekend for almost any film. Spider-Man knocked off Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, to become the fastest movie ever to hit $200 million. Spider-Man passed this mark on Saturday, its ninth day of release. It took The Phantom Menace 13 days to reach $200 million. The comic book adaptation starring Tobey Maguire and directed by Sam Raimi has grossed $223.6 million in 10 days, according to studio estimates yesterday. The movie had been the second, uh, had the best second weekend ever, beating the $57.5 million that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone took in over the second period. They did $72 million, Harry Potter 57 dollars God, this is one of the second weekends. It's almost more impressive than the first, if that's possible, said Paul Dara something or other, Dara Garabedian with 400 letters in his name, President Box Office Tracker Exhibitor Relations. The firm is relentless in its accrual of money. It's relentless, man. Just like you, George, it's relentless. I thought that a was relentless you. relentless bastard. After huge openings, films often nosedive by 50% or more in the second weekend because so many people have already seen them. Spider-Man held up strongly despite its phenomenal premiere, its revenues dipping just 37%. That's probably the most gravity-defying feat of Spider-Man to hold up uh, like uh, from a number of that size, said Jeff Blake, head of distribution and marketing at Sony, which released the film. And on and on it goes. Spider-Man had $72 million over the weekend, unfaithful 14.2. Not even close. In fact, if you take the, I think if you take the next uh, nine together in the top ten, let's see, 24, 28, 32, 34, 36, 38, the next nine together have less than 40 million, and Spider-Man took in 72 million. How do you like that, huh? Great. For old Spider-Man, he's doing it, baby. And you want to know why? That's because we talked about it on the show last week. It's all ours. That's right. We want our chunk. We want our chunk. We want our piece. We want our little piece of the pie. That's all. We just want to taste. I want to wet my beak just a little bit. 
Now, how come I got the window open and it smells like somebody's cooking something outside? How's that maybe, possible? Maybe they are. Maybe somebody else with their window open is cooking something. Oh, man, it smells good. It smells like pasta. Oh, I can't eat pasta la pasta, baby. Can't eat that. Twelve minutes past noon at 560 WQM. Here's a simple question for you. If somebody offered to give you several thousand dollars, give you over the next few years, would you accept it? You'd be a fool. You'd be stupid not to take it. So it makes it really foolish to pass up a chance to refinance or buy a home at just 3.95%. Here's the deal. There's a Fannie Mae program out there at 3.95% for both refinancing and purchasing of homes. Just 3.95%. And all you got to do is make one easy phone call to Financial Group. Toll free. It's 1-800-940-5363. I'm telling you that that's definitely spaghetti. Mm. Oh, the, the smell of that pasta sauce. Enough to drive me to the window to jump. Call 1-800-940-5363. To be more specific, you can get yourself a hundred grand with payments of only four hundred and seventy-five bucks a month, or two hundred grand with payments of just nine hundred fifty bucks a month. You'll save thousands and thousands of dollars. It'd be downright stupid to pass up a chance like that. So do the math and do the next smart thing. Get all the details. There's no obligation by calling Financial Group. They'll be ecstatic to answer all your questions. Call one eight hundred nine four zero lend L E N D. That's one eight hundred nine four zero fifty three sixty three. Equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply, and rates are subject to change. Tonight from Coors Field in Colorado. Coverage starts at 8.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Jim Mandich, I f***ed him. Oh! So it took a little while, but we found the answer to our question. We got a lot of action on the fax machine today, don't we? Uh-huh. Amazing. Action facts. Rose Marie is still alive. Oh! She's been on, she survived Hollywood Squares for 85 years, and she's still alive. And the reason we know that is she was one of the mourners at Milton Berle's funeral. <laughs> Look at this. Among the other mourners were Norm Crosby, Buddy Hackett, who was a lot on Hollywood Squares, Jan Murray, didn't we talk about him last week about Hollywood Squares? I don't recall. Yes, we did. He's still alive and he's 84. You better get with it, mister. I don't know from Jan Murray. Buddy Hackett, Jan Murray, Rose Marie, Sid Caesar, Martin Landau, and Fivish Finkel. Fivish. 
Who the hell is that? Fivish Finkel. He's a very popular Jewish actor, you anti-Semite. Get out of here, Fivish Finkel. He's on Boston Public as we speak. A hit yeah. show. Coxahoy's Fivish. What, what kind of a name is that, Fivish? He's been in a million things. Mm. Probably a goy. Anyway, speaking of goyim, here's a real... Oh, I'm telling you, the aroma of that sauce or whatever that... Oh, oh I can Coming in it. through this window, it's just wafting through here. I'm trying to think. Is there like an Italian restaurant close enough to here that's like... No. No, not that close. Man, just on, just overpowering. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Maybe there it's the window things, below you. There are a few things in the world that, like when they're cooking, the aroma of it just, just practically overpowers you. And that's one of them. You know what else is like good like that? Brownies. Oh, yeah. Are you going to start with the chocolate again? Chocolate spaghetti? Although they do make chocolate spaghetti. No, I'm talking about pasta. Forget about the brownies, okay? Just And another thing like fudge. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> do, you, do you know how many years it's been since I've had fudge? In fact, last time I had fudge probably was on the show. We had somebody once upon a time at IOD bring us in fudge, and I just about died. And just like the day that the woman brought in the QAM a couple of years ago, what did she bring in that day that nearly killed me? Cookies? Ruggalach? Ruggalach, yeah. She brings in Ruggalach. I mean, just just like taking a, a, a needle and just having an injection of sugar right into my bloodstream, and my head started spinning. I thought I was going to puke and pass out right there on the goddamn floor. Weren't those those supposedly sugar-free yeah, yeah, We brought you some Smarties to the hockey game. No, thanks. There's plenty of Smarties up here. Have I bought any? No. No, and a Smarties ice cream sucks, by the way. Blows. Anyway, speaking of your good, close personal friend, Bonnie Lee, and you'll be pleased to know she's still dead. Good. says in this article right here from the New York Post, Bonnie Lee is just as dead as the guy that Rick Sanchez hit in front of P.P. Park. But anyway, a year before her murder, Robert Blake's wife told probation officers she had six close brushes with death while living a fast-paced life, according to a letter obtained by the New York Post. In a previously undisclosed note to Arkansas lawmen penned in early 2000, Bonnie Lee Bakley said she wanted to move to California to be with Robert Blake or Christian Brando, thus attaining the stardom she so desperately sought. But Bakley murdered May 4, 2001, outside of Studio City. Italian restaurant, Vitello's, after having dinner with Blake, said her drive for fame came with a price. Bakley wrote that her poor upbringing made her anxious to find fame and fortune, even if it put her in harm's way. And this is why I'm driven, almost uh, almost being killed a half a dozen times. I know better not to waste any time, Bakley wrote, asking her permission to move to California. Bakley was on probation in 1966 for an arrest in Arkansas for having fake ID and stolen credit cards. See, she was an upstanding bitch. Right. In that 2000 letter to Arkansas probation officials, Bakley re... Uh, by, by the way, all you punks out there, don't ever say biatch. Just say bitch, okay? Biatch sounds... So just come right out and say bitch, you know? Right? Oh, I couldn't agree more. Why, why beat around the bush? That fucking bitch. There you go. See, like Flea Bailey, man. Say it like you mean it, not biatch, like you have to be apologetic for saying it. A bitch is a bitch, okay? Just like there are uh, men who are assholes, and of course there are women who are assholes too, but uh, whatever. There are men who are schmucks, and there are women who are bitches. And Bonnie Lee was one of them, of course. In that 2000 letter to Arkansas probation officials, Bakley repeated a recurring theme in much of her correspondence. Her insatiable need to rise above poverty and marry for that security if necessary. I was brought up dirt poor and always had the dream to either become famous or to marry someone who's already as famous as I wanted to be, Bakley wrote. Well, bad mistake, honey, because you're still dead. Sometime being, you know, like just an ordinary schlep is not a bad idea. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like George, being uh, kind of like pasty and nondescript. In a quiet New Jersey cemetery yesterday, a scene of tragic sadness played itself out 
has fallen basketball star Jason Williams made a teary-eyed visit to the grave of the man he's charged with killing. It wasn't the first time Williams has made this pilgrimage. Sources told the New York Post he's come to the grave of Costas Gus Christoffi almost every week since the Valentine's Day shooting that left the limo driver dead. During yesterday's visit, the former New Jersey Net Center laid flowers, struggled with tears, and read from the Bible as he stood before the rose-colored headstone. And the Bible says, you know what the Bible says? Kill them all. Right. He comes a lot. I've seen him twice, but the security guard says he comes all the time, said a grave digger at Hillside Cemetery. Squirt, squirt. He comes and stays about ten minutes, puts down some flowers and leaves. We just stand by and watch. Nobody bothers him. Williams' most recent visit before yesterday was May 3rd, just two days after he was indicted on aggravated manslaughter and other charges linked to Christoffi's killing and the subsequent attempt uh, to make it look like a suicide. Yesterday, Williams arrived just before 2.30 p.m. when an unidentified woman and two bouquets of flowers. Now, it says in this story, unidentified woman, I noticed that Mo this morning was psychotic about that because he said it was his mother because he's, like, biracial and his mother, I guess, is white. So get with it, New York Post, because the Mo is in the know on this one. He said it was his mother. He said it was your mama. Isn't that nice uh, on Mother's Day to take mom to the uh, grave of the guy you just murdered? Okay. Yeah, what a wonderful gift for mom. The pair missed it up with tears as they laid the floral gifts. Then they stood and silently read from a Bible before Williams kneeled by the tombstone and laid a hand on it. The pair then started to walk away, but it apparently overcome Williams, turned back and hugged Christoffi's headstone. He hugged it, and the headstone, too. I just can't talk about the soft-spoken, Williams said. Listen, you have a happy Mother's Day, he added. The sister of the 55-year-old Christoffi said she was surprised by the visits. No, I didn't know he went there. I don't know what to say about it, said Andrea Adams before declining further comment. In addition to being a limo driver, Christoffi was a drug abuse counselor who had overcome his own addiction to help others. Williams is accused, as we know, of shooting Christoffi with a 12-gauge shotgun when the chauffeur visited the basketball stars hunted in New Jersey a mansion uh, February 14th after driving some of Williams' friends. Williams, who's free on $270,000 bail, offered his condolences in March to Christoffi's family. The driver's family doubled the multimillionaire's sincerity, or doubted his sincerity. Doubted and doubled. The only thing I can say about his apology when he went to court, it was too little too late, his sister told the Post earlier this month. Williams faces up to 30 years in prison on manslaughter charges. His lawyer, who could not be reached for comment, described the shooting as a tragic accident. Always a tragic accident. And if it doesn't fit, you're full of Schmidt, okay? Boy. Let's go take Mom to the cemetery on Mother's Day, huh? I'll tell you one thing, it's sure better than taking her to the ark. I'll take my mom to the the cemetery on Mother's Day. Oh, boy. In fact... I think there's some similarity there when you come right down to it. Going to the ark and going to the cemetery. 26 past noon at 560. I'll tell you one thing. This show has just flown by today. Is it just me or no, is it no, uh, the day? It has. It's like a heartbeat. Why? It must be all those calls we took. <laughs> That's what it was. In case you tuned in later, tuned out and tuned back in, we took three or four of the most scintillating calls <laughs> in the history of radio. It was something. I don't think we can say that word on the ear. I know what we can say. Dollar mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS. I've been telling you folks for a coon's age that this is the only intelligent way to get your a great new mattress and to replace that lumpy old one that's hurting your back. You don't sleep on a good mattress, boy. It's bad for your back, bad for your health, and all the way around, bad for the way you feel. So get you a great new name brand mattress and unbeatable price just by making one simple, easy phone call that even a simpleton can do. Just reach over and grab that thing and call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, and get the ultimate freedom of choice of brand name mattresses from Serta, Sealy, Simmons, and King Coil. No store can match their selection or their exceptionally low prices. And because Dollar Mattress has the deepest selection of brand name mattresses, they don't have to switch you another mattress. You know the old bait-and-swish deal? They'll never do that to you. The one you want is in stock right now and ready for immediate delivery. 
and any two-hour window that you choose, like noon and two, and one and three, and two and four, and three and five. You following this? Four and six, six and eight, seven and nine. And that's every day, seven days a week, when it's convenient for you when you're going to be there. So instead of sitting around on your ass all day waiting for delivery and hoping somebody shows up, do the smart thing. Call Dial-A-Mattress right now. Save a lot of time, a lot of gas, a lot of effort, and a lot of cash, too. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. Your back will be ecstatic. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S or check them out on their From Mark Light Stadium, coverage gets underway at 7 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. You're gay. Capitol Records presents the coming out of Who Great Pete Townsend. It's the Out of the Closet Collection. Tommy, can you rear me? Rectum. Here's my hand to steer you. Tommy, can you please me? No. Let me rich and gear you. Ooh, Tommy. 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 Come here, Tommy. Just one second. I want to show you something. See me. Feel me. Touch me. Yes, right there. Rear me. See me. Records presents these previously unreleased tracks. Catch Pete singing these songs the way they were meant to be. The Rough Boy in Slick Skirts. Pete Townsend, the In My Box set. Ever since I was a young boy, I've had these silver balls. So hold down Brighton, men always came to call. They ain't seen nothing like it in any bathroom stall. My name is Peter Townsend, and I shall play a mean chin ball. Order right now, and you'll get a CD bonus track of Pete singing that Helen Ready classic, I Am Woman. Visa or MasterCard accepted. All right. 1232 at 560. Oh, this is great. Say something. Mumble something. Although I hear a fax coming. Are you, you by the uh, mic? I'm by the mic. Where would See, I be? See, now I can hear you better. You want to know why? Why? Because I got the, see, remember I told you about these headsets that I bought? Right. We were talking about that during the break. Why can't Neil hear me? That song that I was playing, I was blasting it. And you said you could barely hear it. Right. When I was playing It's Raining Men. Well, well no, you don't understand. The, the return that comes back up here, like during the commercials, the level where I have to keep the speakers is like uh, very, very low in order to keep the level balanced. Otherwise, if I turn them up real loud, they're going to get feedback. Right. But now the headphones, if you let me finish, you were just talking about that during the break? With Miguel. Why couldn't Neil hear me? Because oh, my God. Psychic Neil strikes again. Oh. Wow. Because now I realize why you can't hear half the things that I say is because the return is so goddamn low. Right. That's right. But now I hear you like just like you're next door making that spaghetti. Oh, by the way, the aroma changed. They must have already eaten. Oh, changed in a hurry. It took a turn for the worst. <laughs> now what does but it smell like? I don't want to tell you. Yeah, that should give you an idea. Like I said, they already had, they already dug in. <laughs> No, but these headsets that I bought, they're great. I mean, I don't want anybody to see the way these look, but I got, like, the left ear on, and the rest of it is, like, up on the back of my head. In other words, like, on an angle. Oh, you don't Otherwise, because like I, can't, I can't wear the whole thing where I get a headache. It's too uncomfortable. Yeah. So I only have it coming in one ear. Well, now you look like a club DJ. Right. That, exactly. That's right. I'm a club, a club uh, talk host, an old fart the club talk host with my headphones, and, and it's great. I can actually hear myself. I hear the spots. I hear you, which, you know, speaks for itself. How do you like that? I think it's a great a great thing. So I think we solved the problem here. Where there's a will, there's a way. Because, you know, technically we get so much assistance from 
Oh, well, I have no complaints. They did a wonderful job setting this place up, and they're going to do a great job in Amsterdam. In fact, the rumor around the building is there's like 14 different engineers, some who don't even work for this company, who are volunteering to go to Amsterdam to set up my studio there very soon. How's that pole coming? Oh, and there's the uh, spaghetti wafting back in the window. Oh, must be on for seconds now. Mama Corleone. 483 votes on the survey. What do you dislike most about Neil's show? See, we give you the opportunity to vent. Here's the chance. Of course, the people who really hated the new format, they're already gone. You know, it's fine. Bye-bye. See ya. Sure, there. 120 say nothing. It's fine. 93 say nothing. I like it better than ever. No phone calls. 78 said that. And, of course, obviously, they must have tuned out when we had those four great calls. <coughs> yeah, sums it up well. Don't like the tone of the show. That's tone in capital in uh, italics, underlined. 54. And, and you notice how that hasn't changed? Right. That hasn't changed in the last maybe 45 minutes because they're all fake. All fake. All you clowns out there. Still hasn't changed. The thing just rebooted. Still hasn't changed. What does that tell you? Too much reading, 38. Too many priest stories, 33. Not enough comedy bits, 27. Go Leafs go, 24. Oh, oh, oh. Too many comedy bits, 17. Out of almost, they're getting close to 500 votes. Pretty impressive total, if you ask me. And, of course, most of them real votes. Here's the worst story of the day so far. The most depressing news. I promised you this. Boy, this is great. I can, I can like, hear myself. And if you mumble or mutter something, I can hear you. Mm-hmm. See? Which isn't so great. Jesse Jackson released from hospital. Oy. This is the bad news. Proving that nothing is perfect. The Reverend Jesse Jackson was released from a hospital yesterday. After he was admitted for muscle pains in his shoulder, a hospital spokesman said... Jackson, who heads the Rainbow Push Coalition, checked himself into the University of Chicago Hospital Saturday, and doctors kept him overnight for observation. Jackson's symptoms likely were related to an auto accident that the civil rights leader was in several weeks ago. Tests yesterday found no additional problems, and Jackson was released shortly after noon. Damn it. Remember McCluskey when Tom Hagen showed up? Yep. Damn it. We've been able to rule out the other problems. It's looking more and more like what everyone thought it was, a muscle pain as a result of his accident, this spokesman said. Maybe it was a pain in his... Rectum. Because that's what he gives all the rest of us. Jackson left the hospital in good condition, but doctors told him to take it easy. He was encouraged to work with a, a little, get a little rest and recreation into his schedule. In between the father and more illegitimate chillings. Police had... This is depressing. Very disturbing. But, of course, it's, it, every everything, the 9-11 thing, there are a million stories on that, where they, bung, they bungled and they should have known about it. Police in Littleton, Colorado, had evidence before Columbine shootings. Hours after Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris killed 13 people at Columbine High School, authorities obtained search warrants for their homes using year-old evidence. Sheriff's officials had said in 1998 there wasn't enough evidence of a crime to pursue reports that Harris and Klebold were threatening others and making bombs. After the two killed 12 students and a teacher before killing themselves April 20, 1999, at the school near Denver, those 1998 reports were used to obtain search warrants, according to documents released Friday under a court order. They show for the first time that a warning about Harris from Randy and Judy Brown had been used to get permission to search Harris's home and Klebold's. In March 98, the Browns gave authorities violent writings from Harris's website, including a death threat against their son, Brooks, and description of pipe bombs. Investigators drafted an affidavit to justify a search of Harris's home, but they never showed it to a judge and eventually dropped the case. This is before Columbine. They the longer I think about it, I beg your pardon? See, I couldn't hear you that time because you're stepping on me. Don't step on me. Oh, sorry. They dropped it all right, is what I said. Oh, they dropped it. 
The longer I think about it, the matter I get, Judy Brown said. The documents, which were released after an open record request by the Denver Post, Sheriff spokesman Jim Shire said Friday that the full value of the Browns report may not have been clear until after Columbine. Obviously, anything that's going to be in hindsight is 2020, he said, which sounds like a real good excuse to me. Isn't that what it sounds like to you? Yes. Yes. Release of law's transcript blocked. He's testifying again today, which I'm loving it. Every second of it. I hope he's squirming. I hope he gets pneumonia out there in the rain, even with the umbrella. Teehee. Cardinal Bernard Law answered questions for a second day in a pre-sex abuse case on Friday, but a judge granted a request by the Archdiocese to block the release of transcript from the session until Law had 30 days to review them. The Cardinal's being questioned under oath by attorneys in a lawsuit brought by 86 alleged victims of a child molesting priest, John Gagan. On Friday, Lyons had questions for about four hours. After the morning round of questioning, he left to celebrate Mass at a church in Boston's Roxbury section and offered prayers for the victims. And believe me, believe me, if you live in Roxbury, you need a prayer. Attorney Mitch Garabedian, representing Gagan's alleged victims, said Law was asked again about the church's supervision of Gagan and the decision made third by the Archdiocese Finance Council to back out of a settlement agreement worth up to $30 million, but the ruling prevented details from Friday's questioning from emerging... And it goes on and on. But he's speaking again today. He's testifying. He's lying through his teeth. And I love the fact that the one the one of his victims, or one of Gagan's victims, refused to shake hands with Cardinal Law because he knows that he's part of the, he's a willing uh, co-conspirator. He said, go shake this, schmuck. Putz. 20 till 1, till uh, Jim Mandish comes along at 1 o'clock. How'd you like to have a really big one like the Mad Dog? Well, we're talking about a big, fat paycheck. If you'd like to have one, if you'd like to have a few bucks, some discretionary income, then Fast Train can help you achieve a brand new career in just four short months. You can really double size your paycheck by becoming a computer professional before the summer's over. Fast Train offers you Microsoft certified instructors, no payments for a full year, job placement assistance, day and evening classes, and now that they've got four convenient locations over Dayton Broward, including that brand new campus in prestigious congested Kendall, you have no excuses anymore. There's got to be one nearby you. So call Fast Train at that toll-free number, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, or check them out on the web at FastTrain.com. Fast Train can have you certified and ready for a brand new money-making career, some serious bucks we're talking about, in as little as four months. So call them today because nobody, no self-respecting person, should have to settle for a small one, a little tiny puny paycheck. Call Fast Train toll-free, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And don't forget, all Fast Train locations are licensed by the State Commission. We're as rowdy as ever. Sports Radio 560. QAM. Hi, Papa Juan Pablo. It's the scariest movie since Scary Movie. I'm scared, Daddy. Too scared to even wet my pants. Panic Room. Oh, crap. There's no toilet paper. There's no newspaper. And this one's a messy one. Somebody help me, please. Panic Room. Showing now. I've got a meeting in two minutes. For the love of God, somebody help me. Splatterproof plastic tarps for the first five rows. I'm going to get on my time. Twelve forty-four at five sixty WQAM. Dying inmate to lawyer, you're fired. Angola, Louisiana, a man convicted of raping and killing a 19-year-old college student in 1991 was executed by injection Friday night. Leslie Martin, 35, made no final statement, but after the drugs were injected, could be seen mouthing the words, "You're fired," to his defense attorney who watched the execution. The lawyer, Clive Stafford Smith, later said Martin's remarks were part of a long-running joke between the two. Right? Isn't that, isn't that cute? I liked it. Way to yeah, go out. Long-running joke. Leave him smiling. You're fired. Oh, oh. I got a story next to, like, right in line with this. It's even more depressing. 
Martin was convicted in 92 of killing Christina Bergen, a student at McNeese State University in Lake Charles. She was last seen alive leaving a lounge with Martin on June 20, 1991. Her decomposed body was found nearly two weeks later in a pump house in rural southwestern Louisiana town of uh, Iowa. In the rural southwestern Louisiana town of Iowa, there's a town called Iowa, Louisiana. Are you ready for that? I had no idea. That's what it says. Prosecutor said Martin raped Bergen and strangled her to keep him from uh, keep her from turning him in. And she didn't. And you know what? He's still dead. But you're fired. And right in line with that from Newsday comes this. Right to die activist Pretty dies. Well, that's what she wanted. Diane Pretty, that's her name, a terminally ill woman who fought an unsuccessful legal battle for the right to have her husband help her commit suicide, has died, her family said Sunday. She was 43. This is in London, by the way. Pretty, who suffered from motor neuron disease, died Saturday at a hospice near her home in central England, her husband Brian said. She'd been experiencing breathing difficulties for several days. Pretty, whose illness left her paralyzed from the neck down and confined to a wheelchair, fought in the British courts for her husband to be guaranteed immunity from prosecution if he helped her die. Suicide is legal in Britain, but helping somebody else commit suicide is a crime punishable by up to 14 years in prison. After a case was defeated in Britain's highest courts, he went to the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg. Two weeks ago, a panel of European judges agreed with the British courts. Pretty, who was diagnosed with the degenerative disease in 1999, had said she wanted the right to take her own life because she feared a slow and painful death from asphyxiation. On Sunday, Brian Pretty said his wife had to go through one thing she had foreseen and was afraid of, and there was nothing I could do to help. Now, he said, she was free at last. Just like Martin Luther Kuhn said, free at last. She wanted to die, and now she's dead. Oh! Stop the suffering. Stop the pain. Stop the agony. It's kind of like working a QAM. Stop the pain. Here is one of the most interesting stories that I've ever seen in my life. Interesting. Not, not you know, spectacular. Interesting. A Florida family on Friday became the first to be implanted with computer chips that researchers hope will someday become an easy way to provide emergency room staffers with patients' medical information. Jeff and Leslie Jacobs, along with their 14-year-old son, Derek, had the tiny chips implanted in their arms. Each chip is about the size of a grain of rice, and insertion takes about a minute under local anesthesia. The chips called the Vera Chip were designed by Palm Beach-based Applied Digital Solutions, Inc. They're similar to chips implanted in pets to identify them if they're lost. The family wanted the implants in case of future medical emergencies. We're doing this as a security for us because we worked so hard to save my husband's life, said Leslie Jacobs, 46. Her 48-year-old husband has suffered through cancer, a car crash, a degenerative spinal condition, chronic eye disease, and abdominal operations. His injuries have forced him to quit his dental practice. It's been really easy, and I feel a lot better than I have it, he said, after the implant. The chips used by the Jacobs family contain only telephone numbers and information about previous medications. The data can be read by a handheld computer and printed out. The FDA said in April that it would not regulate the implant as long as it contains no medical data. Company officials said they were free to proceed because the implant contains ID numbers that correspond to personal medical information in a separate database. The FDA did not consider the implant to be a medical device, company officials said. An FDA spokeswoman in Miami did not immediately return a phone call like everybody else. She's busy. The FDA had said regulation would be needed if medical records were stored to guard against storage of outdated records. Company officials hope to eventually include more extensive information. The company said it would be particularly valuable for those who suffer from Alzheimer's disease or others with difficulty providing medical information on their own. Verichip is expected to sell for about 200 bucks. A scanner used to read information contained in the chip would cost about between one and 3000 the chip, which could also be used as a security tool, has stirred debate over its potential use as a big brother device to track people or invade the privacy of their homes or workplaces. Jacobs and his family brush aside those arguments. Anybody can be tracked through the Internet and email, credit cards and cell phones, they say. I think it's great. 
not being the one who really is a big truster in the government, I, I think it's a great idea. It's an excellent idea, especially for your children. I was just going to say, and how come we only are doing it for pets? How come for children that we got all these lost kids and abducted kids and all of these things, huh? As a matter of fact, when they figure out how to do a LoJack thing with it, then it'll really be great. Yeah, but where the hell are they going to stick it? Wreck them. I, no, I, seriously, I think it's a great idea. Interesting stuff. Oh, but Big Brother's going to come at you. Then it'll be the Bilderbergers and the Trilateral Commission and the Illuminati. Right. 12.49 at 5.60 WQM. Too bad we don't have the tape of that where he goes and says, Olio, Olio, Olio. That would, like, spice up this yeah, bottle. Yeah, I should have saved you know? that. I'm sure he'll call again. Yeah, maybe he could do that for us, Crazy Eddie. Olio, Olio, Olio. Because he does it like nobody else can do. I can't do that. Summertime is here already, even though on the calendar it doesn't look like it. It's 140 degrees in the shade, and they say it's going to be one of the hottest summers on record, if not the all-time worst. You're going to be schwitzing your brains out, but... Oleomed's a product that will make you feel your best and keep you in the pink of good health in South Florida, no matter how humid and hot it gets. Oleomed, boy, did I just fart real bad. I uh -oh. can't begin to tell you. I mean, I'm just, oh, I'm not enjoying this one, I'll tell you. It's, uh, you're, uh, my eyes are watering. Good thing that window's open. Mm, yeah, maybe I can get back at him. Hey, here you go. Here's some of your own. Oleomed's a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil, along with vitamins and minerals and robots to promote health for your prostate, for your heart, your blood pressure, and your cholesterol. Oleomed's also got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system. There's a uh, one for your digestive and endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. And Oleomed's got products for men and for you ladies out there as well. Oleomed's available all over town. It's an exciting new product. You can pick some up at Walgreens, Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, or Sedano's. Or you can call this toll-free number, and they'll answer all your questions about their super products. Call toll-free 1-866-OLEOMED, 866-OLEOMED, or order their products on their website. Someone has got a caboose to die for. That is a Rolex ass, man. QAM. Suck it in and hold it. Roll another blunt. Yeah. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. Alright. Uh, my room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Uh, I could've cheated and I could've passed, but I got high. Uh. Uh, I'm taking it next semester, and I know why. Why, why? Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Go to the next. Go to the next. Go to the next. I was gonna go to court before I got high. I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wouldn't. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Why, because I got high, because I got high. La, 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 da, da, da. I wasn't gonna run from the cops, but I was high. Uh, I'm serious, man. I was gonna pull right over and stop, but I was high. Uh, la, la, da, da, da. Now I'm a paraplegic, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah. Because I got high, because I got high, because I got high. La, 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 da, da. 
I was gonna make love to you, but then I got high. I'm serious. I was gonna eat your pussy too, but then I got high. Now I'm jacking off, and I know why. Turn this shit off. Get this, 1257 at 560 WQM. You're going to be hearing a lot of baseball talk on this station. You want to know why? Because there ain't nothing else going on. Not a damn thing. Any football going on? No. Any hockey playoffs in South Florida? No. Basketball? No. No. How about that soccer team? No. They're gone. A lot of baseball talk, but there is no interest. And it just, uh, it's frustrating to me because I keep hearing, pop, 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 beep, beep, beep. Hell, we're number one. We're uh, in first place. Nobody cares. 7,930 on a perfectly sunny and beautiful, sultry day in South Florida yesterday. 7,930 against the Dodgers. I'm surprised I haven't had some uh, crap over the uh, web, over the uh, fax machine yet from Norm McCann. Thank God. Just a joke, Norm. Save your stupid faxes, okay? And grow up. 